<laughs> it was the cue. No, yeah. I knew it was the cue. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 gonna it's gonna hit me in the face, and I'm gonna feel real stupid. But yeah, um, yeah, y'all have good food out there. Yeah, shout I, out, I, sh- shout it's, out it's one of the benefits of being out here. It's definitely a really interesting city. It sounds like you've been like a couple times now, at least. Yeah, something like maybe like three or four times. I haven't seen all the city. I haven't seen as much of it as I wanted to, but um, my homie mm-hmm. Trox took me around when I was out there last <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, we know Trox. Oh, you know Trox. You know what's funny you is know. I don't I don't know if you ever went to Trox's house. Nah, not yet. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> well, he moved to San Antonio uh, pretty yeah, recently, but he was living basically, I mean, he lives in my neighborhood. He used to live in my neighborhood. He lived like a block or two away from me, basically. Oh, um, man, I didn't know y'all knew Trox. That's fire. Shout out to Trox. Yeah, he That's when we were still doing the podcast in person, because I have another room over here, uh, he was like one of the last guests we had on here in person, and um, it was like the f- it was the first time we met him, so we got to talk about him going to you know the Dreamville recording sessions and stuff like that. See, uh, yeah, fond memory. We love Trox and his his roommate Tron, which is funny that he lived with a, a guy named Tron. Um, also super legendary uh portland artist around here and um yeah was, I, I feel blessed to just have had them you know right yeah. around the corner for so long so right i bet yeah he's 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 just he's <clears throat> just such a good soul and he's worked with so many people and he's got so many stories he took me to stupid burger and we just like talked about <laughs> yeah. Pete rock instrumentals for 45 minutes yeah it's beautiful <laughs> he was telling me all about <laughs> stupid burger he loved that place that, that place is fire. Like y'all yeah. got the what that place closed I had, down. I had a, unfortunately, that place closed oh, down. Oh really? In the pandemic, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually, that's... I, where I just moved. I I live like two blocks from where Stupid Burger used to be. Damn. It's still a burger. It's a burger joint. It's called like, is is another burger joint now? But mm. yeah, I'm pretty Call sure that was smart a smart burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. High intellect burger. I Intel, intelligent burger. That was a black owned business too, wasn't it? It was, yeah. That's so sad. Oh, L, L for the city. Oh yeah. wow. It's been uh, yeah. it's been weird being around here, you know, in the last like couple of years. I think you know if you grew up here, you're used to it being a like a small town vibe, you know. Um, it's definitely a bigger city. You know, we have sports teams and stuff like that, but you know, it still right. just has that small town vibe to it. But in in the last couple of years, or yeah, it was really in the last couple of years with like all the protesting that's been going on it's it's so weird to see portland in like national media news light and like sort of a you know a part of a larger conversation when people are talking about you know i feel like we get associated with antifa a lot <laughs> um <laughs> and shit like that but w- just with all that it, it's just kind of crazy to see it talked about more um yeah, it's in a really interesting place right now. I think everybody has a weird perception of what Portland feels like at this time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with all the protests, it's still very, it's all in one pretty concentrated area. And, yeah. and I think people think we're like a city under siege. But no, it's still beautiful here in a lot of places. Yeah. It's just y'all have, been, y'all have been holding it down with the protests, though. I appreciate that. Like, it's 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 been really dangerous. Um, I knew people out there who were involved in some things that i'm 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 not gonna put their business shall out there, but shall not be named and the business shall not be named yeah, <laughs> yeah, go on. but no nah, it's beautiful i'm just ha- i'm just happy that like people are really it just seems like y'all are tired and aren't willing to put up with the bullshit anymore and that makes me happy to see because a lot of places i mean i'm like that isn't to say that everybody needs to be like at people's throats all the time but right. like 
you know, it's, it's just kind of like, from what I understand, things have kind of reached ahead, have kind of come to a head out there. And, you know, people are really like putting boots to asses. And I appreciate that. I always appreciate that. So shout out to shout out to the resilient, the, the resilience of uh, Portland's best. <laughs> Um, right. The downside of things, though, post-pandemic, and, and I'm sorry, we're just getting a whole Portland conversation, but we'll, we'll get going, is, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think probably if you live in Portland, you've been hearing this, but the raising gun violence has been going up a lot, too, and, um. and not strictly just because of the protests. Like, there's just been sort of this heightened sense of or, or fear around gang violence and, um, you know, just shooting statistically uh, at large are are growing and in this past couple weeks it was brought up again because there were a few like innocent shootings that had happened and people that passed away that um you know that also connected to the the hip-hop community that exists here in portland um people that you know trent i don't know if you knew uh i think her name was danae okay because i didn't know i didn't know her but i realized that like everybody like or sorry a lot of people i went to that we went to school with you know knew her so i knew there was like a close tie there and of course as well with the hip-hop community that is here in portland too i saw it just reverberate through all those places so uh, yeah trent did you did you know her or yeah i I knew danae we i mean i hung out with like you remember like Kyle Rochez and Griffin and like all those dudes that went to like, um, they went to Beaumont and like, they were all real close with Janae. And so I, I hung out with her a couple of times and, you know, I'm probably not since like early high school, I haven't seen her or anything or like, I don't like, they didn't keep in touch or anything, but yeah, bro, it's crazy. Like Portland is still, it's such a it's such a small town like everyone knows everybody like if you don't know them like personally you know somebody who loves them like and like Danae for sure was like one of those people that like everybody just loved Danae because she was just like a dope-ass person but yeah it's like a kind of a shame to see like like a historically like Portland not a very high at least the Portland metro area, not a very high, like, gun violence city. Like, but, yeah, it's crazy. The last couple months, for sure, have been pretty nuts out here. Oh, that's so sad yeah. to hear. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, we would we would definitely not be doing our due diligence if we didn't bring kind of that situation up. We, we've been off for since last week, I think. So there's actually a lot yeah. of shit that happened over the last – well, in the week yeah. before I did the podcast and Trent wasn't able to come through. And so it's been a couple of weeks since you and I have been on here. And yeah, it's just, I feel like a lot of stuff has happened in the last like three or so weeks since we, we uh, linked up both on just like music and in Portland, you know, related events and other you know, things. So yeah, definitely, you know, I didn't want to quite bring it in on a bummer mood like that, but we definitely <laughs> had to, uh, you know, bring that up and. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate course, you, you know, being interested in what's going on over here and, and seeing and paying attention to a little bit of what's, what's going on over here. It's crazy to know that you have uh, been here before. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. Um, you're always yeah. welcome. And yeah, I wanted to thank you, too, for uh, one, coming on the show. Two, sounding pretty excited to be on the show. I appreciate that, too. Yeah. No, nah, I really I, re- I appreciate y'all having me on. I love um. 
uh, I love anybody in any platform that's willing to like actually really sit down and talk about music. Cause like, you know, like we live, we live in like, we, we live in a microwave time. So, sure. you know, like, you, you know, like an album will come out and then like, you know, 36 hours later, it's like, it never happened. So mm -hmm. people who are willing to actually like sit down and like talk about music, like that's what I do. So like we're kindred spirits and anybody who's doing that, like, you know, I'm just like, I'm just grateful that you even like considered me to come on. So thank y'all for real. Absolutely, man. And yeah, I, I, that's the thing I've always loved about this podcast is sometimes when I don't even expect people to want to talk about like other people's, cause we have a lot of like musicians on here. So uh, sometimes I don't always expect our guests to be as into other people's music or music at large uh, quite in the way that we are. But we have had people come through and pretty consistently like do exactly that, like really talk about music, get into the details the way that we kind of like to, um, you know, just share the same excitement for music that, that we do. And so, yeah, that's that's what our podcast is all about. It sounds like what your podcast is all about for film and music. So. Yeah, it, it it was definitely it made more than enough sense to to have you on, man. And I'm I'm definitely super happy to have you on. But you know, we we just wrapped up. We just wrapped up the the Bridge City Boys Fantasy Basketball League. I was just. And I know the people wait, want an update. <laughs> I was just <laughs> listening to to real notes with the with the. The Fly Anakin episode, and uh, they were talking about the whole Bow Wow part, and they're like, "My dad wouldn't mind Bow Wow." Like, yeah. the big yeah. <laughs> that shit was crazy. so funny, man. Oh, man. Yeah, hey, I gotta man. bring that. Up. I was literally just listening to that. <laughs> That's funny. I was Anakin's listening. a character, bro. He's too much. Man. Yeah, yeah bro. That, that that whole episode was so funny. Like they were just <laughs> ripping. Anyway, Yo, um, well, yeah, fancy basketball. We, we regret people, to inform you that. You know, Trent made it to the championship round. He took the L in the championship round. Yeah, that was and, tough. And, and we couldn't even, in this in this basketball league, we couldn't even keep the winner of the league to one of the 8 out of 10 people who were in the group chat. So, I know. You know, that's probably the sad part for me. Like, the guy that won doesn't even get to go in the group chat and say, ah, fuck y'all. Like, y'all yeah. counted me out. We got we got beat out by an outsider, bro. It's not, it's not okay. But I think you know, and and here's where I really dropped the ball was I think if I think I was supposed to beat the guy that won in the round that I played him in, but I was asleep, right? I left some people on the bench on accident. Oh yeah, and I fucked up. Oh no, I fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't even think I was gonna make it to the playoffs. I realized I was in the playoffs. I had already missed some points. And uh, then it could have, that would have been so poetic, right? You and me actually being in the championship round, and then you oh would have got the dub, but, you know, we're living in an alternate uni universe at that point. That would have been great. Happened, so. yeah. It was the Bridge City Boys Championship. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, yeah, like I said, just bummed that we couldn't get, you know, one of the homies to win it, but it was fun. It was fun. I, like, I still, I still got forty dollars. I'm chilling. Yeah, you chilling, right? You won in another <laughs> league, right? Or did you get a second place p payout? I got, I well, in our league, I got the second place payout, which is like, I think it was fifty or something like that. And then my other leagues just, they fell apart, bro. I, I was like, I was the two seed in both leagues. Uh, I was favored to win both of my first round matchups, and I completely just 
fucking got ran over. So yeah. I didn't win nothing in my other leagues. Fantasy sports be like that, you know? It really does. <laughs> you be living high at one point, and then it can come crashing down. Trust me, bro. I bet. Yeah, but... I, I know the <laughs> that's, feeling. That's, that's so much. Like, like I like fantasy. I, I like fantasy sports leagues, but they give me the same amount of anxiety as something like Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> gave me because I had a whole bunch of friends who played it. Uh-huh. And, like, I always wanted to hop in. But I always just got so anxious about like what I wanted my character to do and <laughs> yeah. just like would get scared about shit. And like I've always thought about fantasy sports and role playing games in the same breath that way. So I've just never been able to disassociate that anxiety. <laughs> right. No, the real yeah, because like well, I I've I've played a couple of D and D campaigns and been like, man, that'd be really tight if my character did this and this. And it's actually not helpful. And it's like in fantasy basketball, it's like, man, I really want to put like this player on my team just because I like him. But he's actually right. ass fantasy wise. Like, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, bro. Yeah, that was me. With, um, oh, go ahead. So, no, 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 no. You go. No, I was just going to say that was me with Ja Morant. I held on to Ja Morant all year because I knew he was swag. And you know what? He did just ball out in that play-in game. So I knew it was there. I knew it was there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, I just held on with hope and it never really came through. But Dylan, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering because I've been thinking about Derrick Rose a lot. Where where does where does Derrick Rose stand in the fantasy league? Um, like, what are his stats? Is, is he you know Trent kind of pulled him. At he's the end actually of the year. he's actually great. I had him in all three of my <laughs> leagues. He was so good. I decided to pick him off on waivers every wow. every league. Yeah, he was yeah. way more lit. Like when he got to the Knicks, and then uh, yeah, towards the end of the season, yeah, he, there he was, he his, was nice. when he got, so for when he went to the Knicks and he was starting for the first couple of weeks and it was not going well, it wasn't until he moved to the bench, but he actually started playing more minutes off the bench that his whole fantasy value just skyrocketed. Wow. Yeah, sometimes you look at a player, because sometimes you look at a player and they're great, like, or they're a star in like IRL, mm-hmm. right? But in fantasy, right. they're, they're literally just counting the rebounds and the turnovers and the, right. and the blocks and the this and the that. So it can be like N- Nikola Vucevic is like really the man, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, like, or, or like, you know, somebody like that. And so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny how that's so that that that's so wild to me because my son has like plus four knee cartilage. So I figured that he wasn't <laughs> gonna be, I figured I figured that he'd be some kind of messed up. But hey, <laughs> what do nah, I know? He right? played he played, I think, mo- the most games since his first injury in any season. Wow. I think he played mo- more games this season. So, yeah, we, we love to see Derrick Rose thriving. <laughs> every, every everyone who likes basketball loves to see Derrick Rose thriving. Yeah, Man, he's yeah. He, he's re, he's really he's really this generation's Vince Carter because they both had really knee problems is. and like it's it's and it's just weird on. to see that trajectory kind of work out. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird to me. Yeah, <laughs> both me, both like, like absolutely like insane it. dunkers too, early on right. in their careers, and then you know now at this point, obviously they had to change their games, but yeah, staying relevant, not just like staying in the league, but staying relevant. So. Well, yeah, I mean, Vince Rose. Carter is now the record for most seasons played in the NBA, so you never know. Yeah, yeah. Those knee cartilage problems, you just fix your game and you can stay in the league for years. Hey, yeah. man. Yeah, not yeah. everybody's willing to do it. Shout, shout, shout out to Vince Carter. He um shout out Vince Carter. He, he he was he was he was he was he was my favorite real basketball player to play as an NBA street. So shout out to Vince Carter. Yeah, he was pretty dope in NBA Street. I agree. I played NBA Street one. A lot more than I did two. I don't think I ever really played three growing up. But one was my jam growing up. 
I, I, I loved all three personally. My, my personal favorite is two. I have three over in the corner in my room right now. I, I would have to go dig for it. But like, do you still two, have like two, your old two. PlayStations? Or, what you say? or do you still have your old consoles or your old PlayStations or? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I've had my, I've had my PS2 since November 2001. Oh, yeah yeah man that shit is 20 years oh, old it's right under my tv yeah i i, I pull oh, it up man. i pull it up every often i i really want a copy of nba street too but it's so hard to find like you can't find that shit anywhere like that and say. def jam fight for new york are two of the hardest games to find but i have def jam fight for yeah. new york i found it at a, i found it at a store but def jam. nba street 2 is like that's that, that's gonna cost you like eight cartons of cigarettes if you want to get that <laughs> game like <laughs> yeah on the on the on the on the market yeah 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 for real yeah i recently um downloaded def jam vendetta on the internet i think just to kind of like quickly you know just run that nostalgia and it was it was a nice thing to do that was earlier this year i think it's an incredible game like it like it holds up so well and it's literally just it's literally just like a i, I think it's like a wcw versus new world like it's just that game but reskinned with rappers. <laughs> that's literally it yeah and, it's, and, and, and it just works i yeah. don't know like yeah. it just works you know because like, the combos it. and the grappling is all like pretty good it's all it, it's all like way more than you would have thought it would have been for a, a, yeah. a rapper video game fighting video and game. like and like every single every single rapper who's in the game had like like they were able to like tell them what what fighting style they wanted what their finishing moves were mm. like like there's like a whole video of like Ghostface explaining exactly how he wants his character to look <laughs> and also and DMX too rest in peace to DMX like he nice. there's a whole video of him too like explaining like I want the character to do this like he like there's like the special where he uh, jumps up on the neck and throws your body down on his mm-hmm. legs and then yeah. twists your neck like he explained that whole thing <laughs> word for word and I, I gotta find it i'll find it and throw it in the chat it's crazy that's dope that's dope yeah i i remember those games very fondly i i didn't even like really grow up playing a shit ton of video games or still do currently but like those are the games i remember most nba street volume one def jam vendetta and fight for new york um yeah just just too good not to not to not remember i guess but yeah man classics for sure oh there it is damn you were quick with that yeah i, I don't know how i found it so fast <laughs> <laughs> it keeps that keeps that video on tuck at all times man <clears throat> all right man well if uh y'all are ready i'm gonna go ahead and intro us oh wait 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 trent real quick real real quick rapid style bro we gotta go down we gotta go down these uh these nba uh playoff matchups and just give me a who's gonna win and and how many okay so i'll start we're going philly versus washington do you think they're gonna you think they're gonna squeeze a game out i say philly in five yeah i think washington will get one i bet they'll get game one it's like the Blazers last year with the Lakers. I could, I bet they'll get game one, and then they just adjust, and it's over. Okay, you know what? To to be contrary to you, I'm just gonna go for the sweep. I'm gonna say Philly's gonna sweep. That's fine. They're gonna get You're some extra rest right. going into that <laughs> next matchup. Brooklyn versus Boston. Now I'll tell you what, man. I think I've said this on the podcast before. I don't know why. Next to the Portland Trail Blazers, I have seen the most Boston Celtics games this year. I've probably seen at least. 30 Boston Celtics games couple, this year. Yeah. There's so many of them have been on TV and so many of them have been disappointing, but they've they've just they've just tumbled their way to these playoffs 
they're playing. They drew Brooklyn in the first matchup. Are they going to take a game? Are they going to take two games? Are they going to take any games? I mean, that's a tough seven seed. I would probably say I'll go Brooklyn in six. I think Boston could squeeze two out of them. I think Boston will squeeze one out of them. Um, now, I'm glad it, in general with the playoffs – seeding i'm actually glad how everything worked out like i think boston was a better team to play brooklyn than washington that wouldn't have been very interesting to me mm. and uh last night i was saying i really didn't want to see steph and the warriors go up against uh the jazz i thought that was kind of trash yeah. i'm tired of seeing steph just carry them to nowhere um i wanted to see this young Gri grizzlies team a little defense versus defense going on um so anyways Milwaukee, I'm getting ahead of myself. Milwaukee, Miami. This is a this is a grudge match. A, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's a seven game series right there. But I'm going. I'm gonna say Milwaukee I'll, in six. I'll go Milwaukee this year. But last year, you saw what happened in Milwaukee when they played the Heat. It was ugly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could get ugly again. I I wouldn't mind seeing it get ugly again. Uh, Knicks. Knicks versus Atlanta. They got to advance, right? I love this series. I love this series. I love both of these teams. Um, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Knicks because that's like – that is my East Coast team. Like, I love the Knicks. But I'm going to go Knicks and, Knicks and six because I like the rhyme. Let's go with Knicks and seven. I can <laughs> see it going down to the wire there. Utah-Memphis. We were just talking about this. Uh, you know, I don't God, think Memphis wins this, but I think they make it – a more interesting matchup. Um, uh, yeah, Utah in five. Yeah. Go Utah in five. I hate to, that, like, pains well. me to say it, but, you know, it'll be interesting. Each game will be interesting, but I don't think they will. I don't think they will actually win more than maybe one game. Bro, if the Warriors were the eighth seed and the Lakers were the seventh, it's like almost like in seven eight. The seven eight seed is almost like as good as the one two seed. Like it's kind of weird. Like I'm still not convinced Utah and Phoenix are as good as they played this season. I'm really not. No, convinced, no. And here we are with Phoenix versus the Lakers, and I, I don't know Lakers and. I have no idea. I'm gonna. Six, I'm gonna maybe? go with Lakers. <laughs> I'm. I like as much as I hate to say it. I really don't think Phoenix can hold up with the Lakers in seven no, games. No I'll way. go Phoenix. Or I'll go Lakers and. Six. I'll go Lakers in five. You know what? Lakers in five. All right. Now the question is, how many games will it take for the Portland Trailblazers to beat the Denver Nuggets? How about that? It take four games, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna say six, bro. Four games. That's Blazers all. Blazers in take. six. Okay. That's the class. You saying six? I'm saying six. You saying four? I'll be realistic. I'll go five. It's five. <laughs> I'll go realistic. Blazers in six. That's just. That's that's the phrase we use around here. All right, Lakers or sorry, not Lakers, Clippers and Dallas. That's probably also going to be one of the better ones. Um, that's the best. I think that's isn't the, the best. Isn't Dallas the one that knocked them out last year? Uh, or was that did Denver? Dallas knock them out? No, it was Denver, wasn't it? Yeah, Denver. It was Denver. Jamal Murray. <laughs> that was pay, that was playoff P, pandemic P. Side of the yeah, backboard Denver. P. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Denver had that. Yeah. Wait, that was such a good postseason for denver they had the win over utah they had the epic with games donovan over mitchell utah. and jamal murray yeah, just going 50 at points, it 60 and points then, they were like just yeah. going nuts yeah that was awesome 
Um, I'm going to yeah. give it to the Clippers because uh, I think that the Clippers are yeah, going Clippers. to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, so I'm going to say that they're going to handle always these, choose the Clippers. these uh, Dallas Mavericks in six games. I mean, I think the Clippers will win this too, but you always, you always are choosing the Clippers to win, bro. Every time the Clippers come up, you're like, yeah, the Clippers. I don't know why I trust the Clippers. And I'm not I do. convinced. I I've do. never seen anything from the Clippers that tells me they're that they're very Yeah, good. but every time the Clippers get brought up, you're you're also a Clipper hater. So I don't think either one of us are, are really very I don't think either one of us really have like a good perspective on this. So that's true. You know We're what? both biased. Um yeah. I'll go I mean the Clippers will win. I think Clippers in six. I think that's fair. All right. There you have it. That's our um, there you have it. that's our we play in basketball BCB. Uh, first round predictions in the books right here. And it's time to intro the podcast, man. Yeah, I know. We, we about 30 we minutes so much anyway. I know, I know. We always do this. We always do this. We love to talk. So, Which means y'all are having fun. That's good. Exactly. Fun is good. Exactly. Shout That's what we fun. came to do. Fun is good. Yeah, shout out to fun. Big right. shout out to fun. F is for friends that do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for, N is for anything at any time at all. Anytime at all. What, what, what does Plankton say? F is for fire down that burns the, down the whole the town. U is for uranium bombs. Bombs. Yeah. And it's for no bombs. survivors. No survivors. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what a complete savage, bro. Bro, fun bomb. It's Yo. funny. That shit's still funny. Goated, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. All right, yo, 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 yo. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the New Music Monday podcast. Another episode of Bridge City Boys presents the New Music Monday podcast, season five, episode 33, episode 84 of the New Music Monday podcast. We in here. We've been in here for a minute. So, um, yeah, y'all know who it is. You said episode 84? 84. That's my lucky number. I love the number Why 84. Why is 84 your lucky number? Yeah. <laughs> you ever read uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know 42 and 42 is half of 84 two times 42 is 84 i don't know why when i was a kid i just <laughs> thought that that was tight and i just held on to it <laughs> it's it's double the meaning of life that's why. exactly it's double right. the meaning Ooh, of life okay. shout double out to douglas adams bro <laughs> yeah. for real big shout out Trent living two lives shout out fun and living the best adams. of his both <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> all right i'll fuck with it 84 that's your lucky number i'll fuck with it that's where we're at episode 84 baby and uh you know who it is devon marcel whitaker here your host aka dev del molino aka dan molino aka chicken nugget god okay in the building dan molino, dan molino yeah you know quarterback in the pod you know um <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> And uh, oh man, I'm lacking, bro. I had the perfect, I had the perfect soundbite for you. I might have to play it later when I get a chance. But we got loud packs in the building. My co-host, uh, Pentax Pack Seven One Eight, Mister Eighty Four. Now I, I, lucky number eighty four. Uh, now I know. But uh, Trent Louder in the building. How are you feeling today, bro? Feeling real good. I'm very stoked to be back um, on the podcast. It's been two weeks for me. Yeah, yeah. We recently had an episode. Yeah. We recently had an episode with Sherbert, uh, producer from our city, and you know what? He ended up being really the perfect guest to talk about um, the Starface and MF Doom album. Mm. 
with me. I mean, he was such a fan of e 7L and Esoteric in the past. And really just, um, I mean, he was putting me on, you know. I didn't even know about the yeah. super group that they had, the Jedi mind tricks and stuff. I was lacking, and he was totally shoring all that up. So, um, yeah, we have some really good reviews in that episode. But Trent wasn't able to make it, so there was a bit of a And I'm there. sick about it. I'm sick I didn't make that episode because I love Sherbert. It's cool. You were handling your biz, though. You were, ever met. You were, I know. He was, he was fun to have on. You were handling your biz, though. Trent, Trent just moved, and he's living in a new place. He's got new scenery here. I don't even know what this is. And the, are you in your room? Uh, this is the office, man. We got two rooms now. <laughs> oh, y'all got two rooms now. Oh, that's yeah. tight. That's the life to be living, man. I'll it's tell so you. nice to not have this shit in the in the living room, all my camera stuff. Oh, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, because yours was, like, right next to the kitchen, and the living yeah. room and the bathroom. I mean, it was like you could see the whole house pretty much just from the whole thing was right the there. Podcast <laughs> spot. Yeah, it wasn't really, it wasn't really the look I know you were probably going for. But all right, well, you know, time to introduce our guest, a very esteemed guest here today. We're very excited to speak with him. Um, a, a freelance journalist, I would say. I don't know if you could define it as such, but has been a writer for DJ Booth, uh, or has or is been a writer for DJ Booth, Audio Mac, Pitchfork. Um, and the host of Real Notes, a podcast we brought up already, and we're probably going to talk about a little bit more on this podcast. And it's a podcast dedicated to blurring the artistical and artistic and cultural lines between music and film. Uh, so, welcome to the New Music Monday podcast, Dylan Cinemasai Green. Man, bless y'all, man. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is we're we're we're, we're already moving. 10 miles a minute so i'm with it <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much man i'm so glad to have you here now did i miss any other um you know jobs you've had or or things that you're proud of that you've done in recent memory that uh you know you'd like to know the people or you'd like people to know that you know you've been a part of um so i'm gonna say the most i'm, I'm, I'm gonna say the proudest i've been of anything i've done in the last two weeks is a. Uh, securing a pair of the university blue jordan fours off of the sneakers app oh because shit it's my, because it's my first win ever off the sneakers app so i gotta let everybody know got that em. i finally came here i'm i'm, I'm here I, I i got a pair they're right right they're right next to me over here so bro like, the first cop off the sneakers app is literally like it's euphoric it's one of the best feelings yeah. of all time you yeah, just spend your whole life hating that app, and then you get like <laughs> one, one dub, and you're like, okay, it was worth it. <laughs> this, shit is, this, this shit is drugs, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. But, um, but, but other than that, uh, no, nah, I, nah, I think that's pretty much it. I am a freelance writer. Um, I still, um, I mostly write for Audio Mac. There was a merger between Audio Mac and DJ Booth, and they're basically one and the same. They're basically the same that. entity. So that's my family. That's my, that's my family. Shout out to Donna. Shout out to Brendan. Shout out to Z. Shout out to everybody over at, over at Audio Mac and DJ Booth, and you know I just bounce around. I just I just got words. I like music. I like movies. I just yeah. Yeah, you're ready to go <laughs> at here. any time. I know that. I know you're ready to go like on a moment's notice. I know that you write a lot, and that you know in your podcast, you know it, it just in everything that you do, you seem prepared and ready to just talk about media, you know, music, video games, m film, whatever it, it may be. If you're really interested in it, you seem to be able to. Uh, just get the conversation going. I know for me, when I write, you know, it, it takes a long time for me to write, but it sounds like through a lot of practice and, and through you, yeah, you, you um, always ready to go. I always see an article, an interview with something or other from you uh, since I've been following you for a little while now. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. I try. It's it's not it's not as easy as it looks. It takes a lot of practice, like you said, and lots of lots of um lots of banging on the keyboard at two a.m. and eating <laughs> strawberry fruit snacks because I can't get my mind right. Like <laughs> it's 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 you know a lot of a lot of a lot of hours a lot of hours in the dungeon a lot of hours in the dojo. But you know I um I appreciate that a lot and. Like I said before, um, I really appreciate you guys even having a space to like actually sit down and talk about music because I've listened to a I've listened I've listened to a handful of clips and listened to an episode or two. So I know you guys are really like on your shit. So hey. I like appreciate being in a space where people care about music as much as I do. Hey, so, even better. Know, that's fire. The only thing better than having a, a great guest on this podcast is having a great guest that listened to some episodes, some clips, and fucks with the podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Let's get it going, man. Trent, this is what I had I had for you. I was going to run you in, you know, with your nicknames and such and, and say we got Mr. Trent. That was so loud. Oh, my God. I got to tone that down <laughs> later. But from now on, uh, Trent's last name is louder. So we're going to, you know. <clears throat> uh, yeah. You man okay you're welcome quick, quick you're story welcome. i took a moment out of quick. my day to do that before i got on this podcast was go to youtube youtube to mp3 downloader you know <laughs> clip up the look i had to go through it a few times cut, clip it up it make up. sure i had the perfect clip you know ease it in edge it out you know you're welcome you're you're a regular madlib my, my man um <laughs> but yeah uh quick story i'll get through it real quick i was in elementary school and we were going to uh oh my god what was it Camp Hancock, it's out in like the Johnson Day Riverbed in uh, southeastern Oregon in the desert, basically, like in the middle of nowhere. And we were going to this camp for like an overnight camp. And my dad was one of the chaperones. Shout out my dad. <laughs> if you know my dad. If he's a chaperone on a school field trip, it's going to be a fun ass trip. It's going to be good. So he's a chaperone. He's driving like a car of me and a couple of my friends. And the only two CDs in the car are uh whatever the 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 album with hips don't lie by shakira that shakira album nice and elephant or is elephant which which album is that on is this one on this one was on the end the end energy ah, never dies the energy, energy yeah. never, never dies, dies. What album? great great album yeah. anyway those are the only two albums in the car so we listen and it's like a six hour road trip so it's like <laughs> took a while so, so you had to run both of those like a couple times, times. <laughs> And every time that that song would come on, my dad would go, would just change the words to be a song about me. And then it would come on and whenever the louder part would come on, he'd be like, Trent, louder. <laughs> so I've been here. I, I, I've, I've been through this. <laughs> Damn, he's not new to this. He's true to this. Thank I'm not you. new to this. Thank you for that story, bro. I have a good memory of taking a, a field trip, play, you know, in the minivan, playing the uh jack johnson album the really good one with the tree Hell and all yeah. those hits on it um yeah yeah fond memory you just shout brought you just jack brought johnson. me there yeah jack johnson yeah, yeah. shout out jack johnson yeah. he's good um bet well i think it's time to review some albums we're already a minute yeah let's here. do it we ain't talked about no music so i think i wanted to get to makami first i think that's that might be the most exciting thing for me here uh to talk about so I, I like to eat dessert first so let's go with that 
I think where I wanted to start with the Makami album, let's start with the cover art first. Let's, you know, before we get ahead of ourselves, talk about the, uh, the artwork that graces the cover here. And I'm curious if y'all recognize it, and I'm not gonna front like I didn't do my research and find out what this was. I didn't know what it was off rip. But the, the style of the art is kind of a giveaway. I'm surprised I didn't know it off of that. I mean, it's, it looks like Basquiat. That's what I was gonna say, yeah. It's an untitled Basquiat painting, yes. Um, okay. We, we know Westside Gun is a big fan of just art in general. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't guess it based off that, but it's a kind of a rework, a slight reimagination of mostly in those colors, uh, mm -hmm. reimagination of that Basquiat painting. And the fisherman is like flipped in the opposite direction. Um, so I think it makes an excellent cover. Oh, it's so um, good. So yeah. Good. Oh yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And like and, and like it's funny because looking at it, it's so obvious that it's a Basquiat, but because. Because West Side Gun's last album cover was drawn by Pootie, I really <laughs> thought that like like I thought that like he showed Pootie a Basquiat and was like recreate that from memory. Like I thought she drew it. I'm not <laughs> right. even good at front. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> it just it just had that quality that. to it. And yeah, it's it's beautiful. Like it, it really like it does everything a cover should do. It like sets the scene, it draws your eye, and it's like, oh I wanna hear that. It's like yeah. a good comic book, you know? Yeah. And I think it kind of lets you into the, you know, um, kind of artistic or obtuse nature of, you know, like the style of a Makami, kind of the abstract nature of art and his art. Um, so I think that, and that's all kind of like subliminal. I don't even think you would really like run those words through your head when you look at it. But I do think it kind of like just, it, it really does reflect at least Makami uh, in, a, in an interesting way. So. One other quick thing before we start talking about music that I thought was interesting about this album is, you know, some people might know uh, that West Side Gun and Makami were not on really the best of terms for a period of time. And I can't remember if this, if their last collaboration that actually came out was like on Fly God. Because um, if so, I mean, it's, that, I mean, that was like more than five years ago now at this point. Um, which um, did did Fly God or Haitian Body Odor come first? Because I know Haitian Body Odor was technically a Griselda project. I do not know. I can't remember. But either way, like yeah, like I remember, it, like that's King City on Fly God. That's one of my yeah. favorite songs on Fly God. Yeah. Like him and yeah, yeah, Gun and Makami have always been an incredible duo. duo yeah. Like between that and like the Easter Gun Day songs, like they're, they're just. Mm -hmm they never missed together so yeah, seeing so them come back like was important was totally important yeah yeah absolutely and yeah. and you know i think there's still I, I i've been trying to read a little bit more about this so shout out to r slash griselda xfr um i've been getting a little bit more into reddit lately in terms of like trying to do more research for music and and just kind of um you know those that's been one of my favorite threads but there's definitely been conversation about the aspect of West Side Gun and Makami seem to be on good terms now and maybe not quite the same, maybe not beef or, or any issue with one another, but maybe just not, um, you know, going to be collaborators with uh, Benny and Conway. I think Benny and Conway maybe feel differently um, about that. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, I think there's still maybe some tension there or what have you. Again, nothing that, you know, I really know any real detail about, but... I just say that to say, um, 
man, it would have been interesting to hear a, a feature like that on here as well. And um, also a surprise, I think maybe an expectation I was hoping for was I would have liked to hear a Ural Drew verse on this album too. Mm -hmm. But still was um, really good nonetheless. So uh, actually, I didn't want to start with Magna Brand because that's one of my favorite songs on here. That shit is incredible. This shit is really, oh really God. good. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you two uh, what y'all thought about the uh -huh. 26th letter as a beginning song, as an opener. Um, I thought it was an interesting song to open up with. So I was just curious what y'all thought of the opener, 26th letter. Man. Uh... I really liked it. <laughs> I um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what the beat sounded like, but I just think uh, um, it just sounded really, really like like I don't know. It was like I guess considering the fact that this was the first that this is Makami's first Griselda project in or like like in at least three or four years. Like it just felt good to hear him come back in just like over, over um, who produced this? Let me see real quick. It was uh. Oh, it was Denny LaFleur. I don't know who that is. But either way, like, it just felt really, like, triumphant and nice. Like, he's back. For he's sure. back in the corner again. Like, I was with it. Trent, what about you? Same kind of deal. It's like, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> I don't typically keep up on, like, uh, like rap beef. I don't really want to call it beef because I, I feel like. Yeah, I don't want to be corny about, about it. These are the kind of people <laughs> that, like, beef like that they, they, you know they probably just had a disagreement and actually wasn't it, it was about something related to Fahim I believe something about a verse but anyway um and I think it was just mock just like having his, his buddies back which I totally understand yeah. but anyway it is nice like like Dylan said it is nice to just like it does feel a little triumphant and Makami's one of those dudes that like if you think of it as like a boxing match like Makami's one of those dudes that like it feels like he just comes in and it's not new to him. Like it doesn't matter like what what beat he's rapping on or who. If Westside is in the background, <laughs> you know, like yelling shit or whatever. Like he's like, I'm here. I'm here to rap and perform, and like I'm that guy. And like I get that vibe from him on every track, but especially the opener. It is like something. It is like an image of him like in the ring after a while. I don't really know how to explain it, but. I, I same vibe that Dylan got just like it is a little like a coming of age like triumph kind of thing to me yeah I thought you know it's it's definitely one of the like beats that really stand out to me on the album um just with that looped horn all kind of you know just it just swings weird and and I think that's what yeah. what Griselda is all about so I thought that was a really really fire opener it's funny, I had to think to myself for a moment, which letter is the 26th letter? Now I realize there's 26 letters in the alphabet, it's Z. Um, so, 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 you know, some investigative journalism on my part uh, there. But, um, yeah, I thought this was a really cool, uh, subdued way to just bring it in. It's really like, you know, I, I found myself remarking, you know, at the end of listening to this album, at a lot of the one-liners that I heard. And when I go back and realize, I realize that so many of them are just in this first song. 
uh, <laughs> that I love. Like the a lot of these rappers is Big Twelve, like March Madness line like is March in Madness, here. Yeah. Uh, Till I let the caps fly, no gadu- graduation. Uh, mm. Serve the whole block like a food truck, you know, like this. Just kind of, it just yeah. runs like that. Um, the rap snitch the conditions way. line that came right yes. before the March Madness shit yeah. was fire too. Yes, like that was yeah. that was that, that was a really nice touch. No, nah, he lit this sh- one on fire for sure. Like he, like I think it was a really great way to start the album, um, <clears throat> and just an interesting track. But yeah, I. Uh, Again, very excited to have Makami back. You know, when Mox Hard Lemonade came out, that was like, you know, not on all streaming services for a long time. So if you weren't a title person or you didn't buy the album for four forty four forty four, you know, you weren't getting your hands on it, and that was unfortunate. But um, so you know, like, it, I guess in a way, it was kind of fun to have semi recently heard Mox Hard Lemonade in its entirety and have it released to all platforms and then for him to come back you know not too long in the future uh with actually a full-length project so um yeah one thing i liked on here i'm gonna skip ahead mackerel jackson um was it sounds like most of the production on here was camouflage monk uh and that there was there was still a healthy serving of conductor williams beats on here uh, too, which I really, really yeah. appreciated. Which I think I still got that drop. Conductor, conductor, conductor. Uh, yeah, I've been keeping that one on the, on the, on the talk. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I really like this beat specifically. It kind of, it's really Dilla esque uh, with those, you know, really twangy strings in there. I thought, um, uh, yeah. So I would say off rip right now. Favorite tracks for me, 26 Letters, Stellar Ray Theory. Stellar Ray Theory, I thought was an excellent single. Um, really enjoyed some of the, like, there's a lot of Jay-Z references, like, kind of throughout this, but mm-hmm. some of the most direct ones are done in the single Stellar Ray Theory. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that would be from Takeover, like the Nas diss track. Mm-hmm. Um that he was mostly referencing and in general too i thought it was fun to hear him reference like jay-z and um Pac too with the machiavelli stuff and there mm-hmm. were a handful of those references that um maybe he does that and i i just i don't recall it but you know i don't really see those direct references from him or you know interpolations even super often but i don't know my, my basic thoughts on this album are as far as kind of all the the hype that would come around like a full-length recent Makami project for me, I think it mostly makes good on, on that in general. I thought that there were maybe some expectations that I had placed on personally, like that I try to avoid doing, but like what the album might sound like, who might be on the album, and what might kind of happen um, that it was slightly different then. Um, and so I think I'm still honestly kind of grappling with those things. Uh, and I would say maybe my one my one downside on this album is I feel like for 16 tracks, I, I feel like I didn't quite get, I, I feel like it feels a little less memorable than I would have hoped for like a 16 track album. I, I would have to go through here another time 
uh, to maybe figure out what songs I think maybe I would like to shorten it with. But that might be my only my only beef with it is after 16 tracks, I don't know that I, I felt the punch out of it that I would hope for for the length of the album that it ended up being. But Murder Season is an awesome moment. And Magnum brand is an awesome moment. There are definitely some really great pockets in here. So um, would you say that Magnum brand ended up being your favorite track? Or was there another one that was that kind of stole the, the spotlight there? Magnum brand is easily my favorite track or, or not easily because like I really love this whole project. This is this is probably my favorite Makami project. I was talking to my boy, my boy Crash Prez. Shout out to Crash. Um, we, we both agreed that this might be his best project since Wakan Joj like this is like for me but yeah for me personally my favorite is magnum brand like messiah music really just like 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 that beat really just sounds like it was pulled out of the sewer and he just like mock just got raps off like he just he just came to rap like the whole album he came to rap but like there in particular he was like yeah i've been on the mountaintop and they told me to come <laughs> yeah, down and i was down, like i yeah. bet i'm coming and then he just he just he just went like no hook just rap for three minutes and like and like and like that was the song for me that uh like closer to the end uh there's a line i've been noticing a lot of people have been having some issues with the fucking capstees johnny shipes line yeah. Oh, yeah yeah i heard that line and like it stopped me in my tracks and i ran the whole song back again <laughs> i was like i like could, I, I like couldn't believe he said that it, it, it really like it really just hit me because um you know, like a, like, like a lot of people have issues with Mock bringing up the whole, you know, like Steve's killing himself, jumping off the building. I have a lot of feelings about that, but I, th but, but like, I think the, I think the, I think the intent has kind of been misconstrued by a lot of people because this, the, the line is clearly about Johnny Shipes and Cinematic Music Group taking advantage of Capital C's legacy and making monies which you know like because like we all got on troy ab when troy ab was going on, yeah, on going he crazy was, about he Steve's, was dissing capital like, Steve's, what, like troy four or five was, yeah. right uh, I, I missed that what you oh say? sorry sorry i was just gonna say because troy ab was dissing capital steez he was like dissing the dead yes yeah yeah yeah. very different yeah right yeah right yeah right that was explicit and this was just like like he was just kind of using that illusion to uh just kind just like kind of put a fine point on it and like i get people having issues with that but this is this is clearly his his, his gripe is clearly with the way shipes and cinematic music group have kind of taken his legacy and just like the way he managed like he just finessed it mm -hmm. and like the one part that people were forgetting was the part where he said um uh wait a minute i have the i have the line here i just want to i just want to make sure i get it right uh i spelled his name wrong. i'm pretty sure there that uh um yeah I, yeah, I, my I, man said, picture niggas reaping the benefits off Makami hype, trying to see capital off the steez like Johnny Shipes. Like, like it's very clear yeah. what he's trying to say. And people are forgetting that first part of that line. So, you know, like, of course, if you only include the part where he's talking about steez, you know, unfortunately killing himself, like, it's going to look crazy. But, like, that's why context is important. <laughs> that's why yes, context is we important. Gotta, and then we just, like, the like, you bar. I was just saying, yeah, we gotta, yeah, look, at bar. Out, we gotta um, look at the whole bar. That was all, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, nah, I think. Yeah, totally. And, oh, and Go ahead, John. I was just gonna say, like, he. I think 
Steez's name, especially in music, because <clears throat> he was such like a beloved person and an artist. Because like Steez's name, right. people hear it and it's kind of like a trigger word. Like they almost immediately are like, "That's out of pocket." If it if it's if it's Steez's name, it's out of pocket. But yeah, I think with the context, it's like. And, I, and of course, like, I'm not qualified to say this at all, but I feel like Steve probably would have agreed with what my comment was saying in that line. Yeah. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. they are fucking taking advantage of... Steve was so anti-establishment and so anti, like, especially when it came to the music industry. was, And, like, to see that kind of shit going down with his name, I'm sure Steve probably would have felt that, that bar. But... And then, and then on top of that, you know, like Dev was saying, like the wordplay, the wordplay is yeah. just crazy. Like, I really wish I had written everything down. Just like, just like the, um, on the line about LASIK and, um, yeah. uh, man, I'm, I'm forgetting everything I wanted to say now, but just like <laughs> mock mock was barred the fuck out on that whole fucking song, son. Like, what was yeah. the bar that, wow. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think that was that track, but what was the, I mean, that, that you could be saying that about every track on this thing. That's the thing that mock homie. I, Honestly, that's why yeah. he is a low-key like top 10 rapper right now for me because he the dude is like he's literally just spitting some of the craziest punchlines and acting like it's nothing like just moving right on yeah it's like so the way he raps like so many people would build up to that and they just like let it breathe for a sec he's just off to another one like immediately after and the whole album is just like rambling like crazy but it was the one that i think it was ethan sent in the group chat about like the spitting braggadocious like put the 38 in your mouth oh spitting magnum magnum opus. Opus. that shit yeah. is <laughs> opus. And, like, and he doesn't even like yeah, he doesn't even let that sit for a sec he's just like i i said it <laughs> next one Ugh. yeah and like the crazy part about this album is that it's probably the most direct he's ever been with the bars because makami is always someone like cryptic i feel like is the wrong word but like his stuff is very like abstract mm. like he raps very like he like he almost reminds me of somebody like a billy woods just in the way that he's very like like his stuff is like very open to interpretation mm -hmm. and he's like really like he's like he's like really loose and fluid with the language yeah. but here he's just like direct it's just like punchline raps like yeah. more than i've ever heard him do mm -hmm. like and he like like he really had like, like this feels like a statement album in that way like he's like he's like i'm not going over your head like you're gonna know exactly yeah. what the fuck yeah. i'm talking about right now he yeah, came like, down this, from the mountain but he came down from the mountain right yeah see yeah and like and, and and like one of another one of my favorite moments on this whole shit was when like i forget what song it was again but he was like he just like i ain't even gonna tell you what jigga told me <laughs> yeah. like because yeah. just just like like uh because like because like it goes back to the picture of the two of them at the rock nation brunch and just like considering how considering how like gigantic his just considering how wide his influence has gotten because like you go and listen to some of jay's verses on the jay electronica album um a written testimony and like he's clearly studying mock homie hmm. like that's a flex like hmm. jay's like like you got one of like the you got one of like the most influential rappers on the planet, like studying your music. Yep, it's a flex. Like, yeah. you, you, like, 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 who's telling you anything at that point? That's Jersey's finest. That's a great point. is Jersey's yeah. finest. I couldn't be real. happier that they met. I couldn't be happier that, that Jay Z fucks with, with Westside Gun, Griselda in general, and specifically Makami too. 
that's like mm. so important to me. Um, I'm gonna revise my take from earlier here and and say, I think as a personal fan of Makami, this album lives up to everything that I was kind of hoping for. However, I think with this album coming along, I really want to share it with other people. I kind of want to take a moment to, if someone doesn't really know very much about Makami, I think this might be a good album to get into. But there are moments in here that I do think, you know, I, I think like uh, there are moments in here that I think are really great for newer fans. And I think there are other moments in here that really play to the standards that Griselda has always set or he has always set in the way that it, some of this stuff is a bit of an acquired taste for certain hip hop listeners. And um, I was, I think I kind of hoped that with like maybe certain songs in here. Yeah, I just don't, I think I would like pick out certain songs from here and show them to other people more than I would maybe tell somebody to run the whole album basically. Interesting, interesting. But you know, now that I'm looking back through it, it's like again, 26 Letter. I love Mackerel Jackson. I love Stellar Ray Theory. I love Criminal. I loved, and I love that Beautiful. there was like a hook in there on that. Um, I love the use of 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 his language to you know kind of give this a different shade. Uh, Murder Season is great. Um, the beat, like you said, the the like really relentless rapping of Magnum Brand a song that was very appropriate to not have any hook to just go right through bar after bar. I love that. Come down from the mountain. I'm going to just talk to y'all like a regular, you know, but superior rap artist and the God Fahim's verse in there too. Great. Glad Fahim is on here. Um, fit that beat really well. Uh, really enjoyed again, all the skits and especially the Creole spit or skit that, you know, kind of talks about how the language is evolving and all the regional colloquialisms or just, you know, um <coughs> the lived language that is you know creole in different places um thought that was interesting Ovoir i thought was awesome black blockchain i wasn't the biggest fan of and um the closer i thought landed a little soft but yeah there are definitely so many high points in this for me i i i really love blockchain like i really can't think of any songs on here uh, well, I mean, like, granted, I've only heard the album maybe about one and a half times, but, like, my first listen, I was like, oh, there's, like, no, like, I don't want to call it a perfect album, but there weren't any songs that I was like, oh, this doesn't really need to be here. This could have been cut. Like, it felt like, especially considering that it's, like, 39 minutes, it's 16 songs, like, it's 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 a pretty brisk project, which I, which which is always, uh, which is always kind of, like, deceptive, because, like, you look at something with 16 tracks, and it's like, oh, this is actually pretty... This is actually kind of short. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most songs are under but, three minutes. And like, and and like the interesting thing about like you saying that it's more accessible, or or, or, or like I don't know if you said that specifically, but that's kind of I feel like that's kind of what you're getting at. Like, the, like I like I think that's dope because my first impression when I listened to this, especially with Gun being on some of the songs, was this sounds a lot like Only Built for Cuban Links. Like mm. it kind of gave me that feeling of like it's Mox album in the same way that Cuban links is Raekwon's album, but like ghost is there, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. like gun is there. Like yeah. he pops in for a verse or two, some ad libs. And it also kind of like, unlike I was saying on um, my brought up uh, written testimony before, like all three of those albums have yeah. the same kind of vibe to me with like the like, kind of sort of tag team shit, low yeah. key, like kind of, kind of on that type of shit. And I, and I appreciate that energy. It's, um, you know, like not to say that Mock is an artist that like is kind of like 
he sounds good no matter what, but it's really cool to see him just kind of like bounce off other people because he doesn't do that super often. He um, usually kind of sticks to himself unless he's doing a feature. Yeah. So um, I appreciated that. And I just think that he and Gunn make a great team. And, you know, like Gunn, like he EP'd the album and he, you know, he's he, he, he makes a big deal about being this curator. And he should because he's incredible at putting albums. Great together. at it. He's, yeah. he's, he's yeah. got such a good ear for beats. And like he just knows who fits on what, <laughs> and yeah. it's funny because a lot of people just call Gun a glorified A and R because of that, and I don't think that's fair because nah, I love Gun. Nah, nah, like, <laughs> definitely not. Great people, rapper people so on top rude, of it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's crazy. I and and it's cool to hear. The his thing is, he probably own that though. He probably, yeah, he probably would own would. that title. He'd probably <laughs> no, be like, down for that. <laughs> right, and like. And like, and like, and like, if we're gonna clown Gun for anything, we should clown him for the fact that he's still doing Hitler shit. Like he's doing number eight coming soon. Yeah. Like why, bro? Like, <laughs> like stop. <laughs> You're like, you know, it's just like some edge lord shit. Like chill. That, like, like it really is like a Reddit. It's crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't understand because, like, I like you know not to not not to like toot my own horn, but I interviewed him when uh Blind Tell Supreme Blind Tell came out. And I straight up asked him, like, bro, like, why? Like, why the Hitler series? Like, why did you choose that? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, well, you know, like, I wanted to do something on, a, like, a play on The Devil Wears Prada. And it just, like, stuck in people's head. I'm like, bro, like, it's hit, like, stop. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why? And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah so, um, I guess. I, <laughs> I got to say, it was, like, kind of weird when I, because, I, you know, we play music in my work and shit. <laughs> and I, I love West Side, so I put them all on time. <laughs> and then I'll have people ask me like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Oh, this is Hitler wears Hermes." Good, <laughs> <laughs> good. You gotta mumble it like, like a Hitler. Yeah. Oh, word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Exactly. I really do. Just to circle back, I love that only built tape. That's a great tape about the that tag team vibe. And I actually think like those the beauty of like the Ghostface Poppins and the West Side Poppins on those albums respectively are just like they're such um like refreshers like they're such like they just take a break from like how how much rap is being spit at you and just give it like a little bit of space to breathe and like that that's the thing is like makani i mean i so dev also kind of circling back to what you said about like maybe it being like a kind of a like slower burn i don't really know how what you said exactly but just about it being like 39 minutes and never feeling like you got like a like a real aha moment kind of thing i was just gonna say it felt a little uneventful for the number of tracks that i heard i'm kind of scaling that back a little bit i feel like for me as a fan it's not that way if i wanted to show Uh the entire album to someone who had less leash on an album like that uh they may they may feel more that way about it, which you know Word. I kind of well. Kinda I was think just about saying, the... I was just gonna say that like I did get kind of a similar vibe. Like when I first listened to it, I was actually just walking around the neighborhood as I do very often, walking around with a camera taking pictures of shit, and I threw it on. And uh, yeah, it was kind of like a like I didn't really have to like stop and think about it too much. And it actually reminded me of another one of my favorite albums from this year. One that I listened to a a real notes this morning talking about the Haram album, uh, mm-hmm. the the Arm and Hammer, and 
it remind they remind me not in like sound whatsoever, but they do remind me in like kind of like overall uh, listening experience where it's just like I, I don't think the the point isn't to have like that moment <laughs> like that mm-hmm. like that like real you know uh, bright spot moment. The point is to be like yo look at the fucking bars that are being spit at you and just like just marinate in on these crazy words and and every once in a while we'll give you like we'll give you the alchemist touch on haram we'll give you the west side gun moments on on uh pray for haiti but mostly it's just so you can listen to some fucking some crazy rap but I mean, those were two of my favorite hip hop albums. I mean, I I love this this new Makami album. I I agree with you, Dylan. Where I think it since Wap Joe's and maybe Mox um, Tower Lemonade, which I never heard before, it hit streaming because I wasn't about to <laughs> go through all the hoops you had to go through. Right. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but maybe other than those two albums, this is my favorite Makami project as well. So. And we still got. I think we still got Haitian Body Odor two. Uh, yeah. on the horizon in, in some really? sense too. I think I've been hearing about that probably also via the r slash Griselda XFR subreddit. So okay. shout out to them. They'd be putting me on sometimes. Um, cool. Any any final thoughts before we move on from Pray for Haiti? Hmm. Uh, Low-key um, favorite track, I love Marie. I, I think Marie was a great Marie track. is so Marie. good. Thank you for reminding me, bro. That's yeah. such a good song. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It like honestly might be my favorite beat on the album too. Like, it's a great it's, vibe. It's, it's either that or uh, Magnum. Uh, it's either that or Magnum Band. My two favorite beats on the album, or Au Revoir yeah, Three. There we great, go. Great, great beat. Oh, yeah, man. it was a, it was so a good. Beats. It's almost right in the center of the album. I thought it was such a good just like rest period for the album. Just totally. it's only it's only like a minute and forty three. It's a short track, but it was a great little little break. Right, this right, is yeah. the one that's got the Yeah, and the that's why, um, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Dev, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nope, go ahead. Um, um, I was just going to say, like, yeah, like, I love I love that song, like, on its own merits, but it also reminded me a lot of Floor Seats from the Alchemist um, compilation. Mm-hmm. The song the oh, did. yeah. Like, most, like, 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 mostly because, well, no, it's a combination of the song itself and the video, because that's the video where Mox in, like, the trench coat, and he's got the... He's wearing he's wearing this these really rare Stussy Air Maxes that I can't find anywhere. <laughs> They're these like dark purple joints. They're beautiful, and like yeah, it just reminded me of Floor Seats, and Floor Seats is one of my favorite like Makami songs on any thing ever. It's just yeah, like Marie was a nice moment. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of variety on this album, and I think uh, I think that's dope. So. You know, shout out to Jersey's finest. Makami is Makami is right. Jersey's finest. I'm gonna I'm, I'm say that forever. <laughs> right, right, right. Hold on, let me make sure I can fill. Hey, which is he? He is he wearing the Stussy ninety fives? I'm pretty is sure that? those are the ninety fives. Yeah. Oh, okay, I almost that. So Dylan, not so much anymore. There was a very uh, short lived period of my life where I was really, really into sneakers, and I kind of like realize yo i don't got money for all these sneakers but <laughs> um <laughs> but the 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 olive stissy 95s the like green ones that came out in that same pack those were almost in my possession i almost dropped like 415 bucks on them like that was wow. it. I, I i needed those i didn't do it i didn't pull the trigger 
Right. But I've only saved like three pairs of sneakers, and I just <laughs> that's my rotation. I don't fuck with anything else. But I feel it. But yeah, those this any any Stussy Nike collab, I pretty much you can you can take you can my money on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I I've I've been trying to get some myself, but and, and yeah. it's funny because like I I like just got into sneakers. I I like I didn't grow up into sneakers like that, but Me I neither. have like. I probably have like about 10 or 11 pairs that I'm happy with now. Like I'm, I'm just like every once in a while I'll get myself a new one, but like, I don't need yeah. to have like every drop, you know, like, and like, and, no, and like but, we all have, and like we all have grails and shit, but like, right, right, right. I was about to say, yeah, like with the, you talking about the, the UNC four that you copped off sneakers app, like there, I don't even really check sneakers app unless I know it's something that like, uh, I, I gotta have this at some point. So I'm gonna try <laughs> right. to get it on retail, but yeah yeah felt 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 actually i'm wearing this I'm wearing this stupid yeah, put them up right in the now. camera put them oh, up in damn. the camera bro wow, look at you go yeah no, one of my fine. only sneakers i kept because i i'm a big blazer guy but felt i did, you know i didn't notice this until we start until we got a while into the episode but you're rocking an injury reserve shirt yeah man shout out shout out to my boys shout out shout, shout out to all of them rest in peace to grogs uh, mm. yeah man very cool trio <laughs> of, of people yeah yeah, yeah um, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a fan and those are my boys those are like my like real friends so shout out to them shout out to nick shout out to nate shout out to parker shout out to all of them yeah they're awesome Fuck yeah um that west side gun interview you mentioned was that like a written or a video interview it was a written interview um i yeah i like this was this was like right when he was like at the door when everyone was like who's yeah, west said, side gun you said blind tell right like, like 2006 wait 16 18 pretty sh- mm, maybe 16 or 17 yeah it was either 16 or 17 but um yeah 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 i did that for dj booth i uh i i found um i reached out to his publicist shout out to matt conaway and they made that happen and it was dope Nice. I was, um, you know, since we're kind of in between reviews here, man, I wanted to ask you a little bit about just, you know, what your journey to, I guess, this point has been where you, you, you mentioned to me, like now you're in a space where you can do freelance journalism for work that, you know, it can be your, your sole priority um, or, you know, you know, just everything that comes with, you know, uh, writing about art and media and, and um, podcasting and such. Um, you know, what your journey to that point kind of looked like, you know, how far along you are in your journey when it started and just kind of fill in the early gap there for me. Yeah, sure. So, like, um, I started writing professionally in 2013. Yeah, I started writing professionally in 2013. I got an inter- um I got an internship over at uh over at Interactive One um in in, in New York City. They're mm-hmm. um they're a black owned media company that owns a whole bunch of different uh publications. Some of which are still there, some of which aren't. Like Urban Daily, News One, that type of shit. Yeah. And um I wound up making some connections through there particularly um, my boss and now friend, Jerry Barrow, who's a legend, man's written for The Source. He had Scratch Magazine going, like he's Jerry, Jerry Barrow, if y'all don't know who that is, he's one of the greats, go go look him up. He also has a really great podcast called Fathers Who Bother. He, <laughs> he interviews, he interviews uh, like rappers and actors and people in media who are dads. It's, it's, awesome. it's cute, he had hit over Mike Eagle on one, it was tight. Um, <laughs> So I kind of worked my way through a handful of places. Um, I worked over at a place called Watch Loud for a couple of years. 
Um, and then <laughs> I wound up getting let go from that job um, oh. the day Trump got elected. Like Man, election that day. That was a badass day. That was a terrible like, day. <laughs> like election day, they told us like, yeah, we're not we're not carrying y'all into next year. So from there, Jerry connected me with Z over at DJ Booth. And uh, that's when I started writing for them. And my fir- the first piece I ever wrote for DJ Booth was actually about Injury Reserve. Oh, it was right after this album that I saw my shirt floss came out. Yeah, great. And album. I wrote a whole piece about it. And, uh, you know, that's what that's kind of where my tenure over there started. And I was over there just doing my shit with, uh, with um, you know, a- a- just like some of the most talented writers I've ever met in my life between, you know, Yo Phillips and, you know, Donna Claire Chesman and um, I'm going to fuck up Matt's last name. So I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> my man, my man, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> my man, Matt, my man, just like just my, 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 my man, Matt, my man, Herschel, just everybody over at the DJ booth family. Um, and then from, you know, like I just kind of built up some clips from there, just kind of got some shit off about a lot of classic albums that I really enjoyed, got to interview a whole bunch of people I've been wanting to talk to my entire life. I would say that's probably the point where I really started to like go dumb, you know, and like, <laughs> and, and like stuff started to like uh-huh. line up for me. I really, I really felt I was surrounded by so many talented and dope people that I needed to like step my game up and really like bring myself to another level. So I worked hard at it and I managed to get some incredible clips that I'm so grateful for to this day like and then um starting probably around and 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 then and then because at this point i was still i was working full-time for another website uh oh um, um, i was working in the college humor uh bubble for okay. a little while um over at a site called dorkly so i was like I, I, so i was freelancing but i had this uh i had this this job um, i had this job right? yeah, yeah. I, I had like the job that i could claim on my taxes and make sure <laughs> that i make, make make sure that i wasn't um make sure that i wasn't like owing a whole bunch of money so i would still get a return but i was freelancing because it, it, it was weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> i missed that a lot <laughs> but uh um around then i started freelancing for a handful of other places i got some clips over at complex and pigeons and planes mm-hmm. and uh um i did um i did my bit um one of the biggest pieces i've done so far is the big um injury reserve self-titled um profile i yeah. interviewed a whole bunch of them like all the members uh their manager um one of their photographers uh a couple of the producers who worked on the project and uh one of the video directors it, it was it was a lot of people they were touring at the time Mm-hmm. so it was just like they were they were on like the other side of the planet so like they were 14 hours in the future so, it, so if it was like 12 p.m for me one day it would be like 2 a.m for them the next day <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lot to do but like it was uh i like i equate that period of my life with like or or, or, or like that specific piece i was doing it on the side of my job so like i would go to lunch and just be like doing the interviews in like these little pods they had it was like uh like when method man and wu-tang were doing interviews for the source back when uh 36 chambers came out like method man mentioned that they would be doing interviews in the source building and ghost would be getting fucking beepers to go make (laughs) drug trades and he would just like leave in the middle of the interview and like go back and forth and just like 
deal drugs during an interview <laughs> and obviously doing what I did isn't dealing drugs during an interview but like I kind of equate it to like that was just me like getting my side shit on on the side and coming back to the job it was, yeah, it was having your cake and eating it too man man that was that was I, I, I was that was crazy and then that piece came out and I got let go from that job the day after that piece came out. <laughs> so thanks, that was Pete. when I was that that was when I had to be like, well, you know, like now you don't have that safety net anymore. So you really got to like go down. You, you got to like really dive back into the freelance thing. And, you know, I you know, I kept it up the DJ booth. And, and and then when the audio Mac transition happened, I'm still going there. And, you know, I'm just really uh, I'm just very grateful that people care about anything I had to say, you know, like yeah. I'm just a guy. I just like music and I don't shut up about shit that I like. <laughs> That's just been my whole my whole MO since I was a kid. Like music and film saved my life. They helped me, they helped me be able to learn how to talk about yeah. anything. Yeah. Like that was like it's like really foundational for me. Like this is this is just like what I love. And to have, you know, people like y'all care or to have anybody reading, like, just, like, care about the things I have to say, because, you know, like, I'm just a person. Yeah. It's, uh, I try not to lose sight of that, because it's very easy to get jaded, mm -hmm. and to treat this as nothing but a job, and it's hard, but, you know, like, I love this. I wouldn't be doing this, like, I'd be doing this if, even if I wasn't getting paid. Right. So, um, I'm just grateful that anybody gives a shit, because I'm just, I'm just a nerd who likes shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and you get to make yeah. a living off of just that very simple thing about yourself is very, very true to your core identity. Yeah, so that's that's cool. Without now, warn me if I'm like I, I don't want to be like pocket watching you or nothing like that. But you said now without the like I work for this site, it's my job. I basically put in my forty hours at this place, and now moving into a space of freelance journalism, like you know uh without talking too much about your money i'm sorry you know like how do you support yourself via freelance journalism like are you paid basically for what you write more as opposed to being like an actual employee for one place and they you get a paycheck or I, I'm, I'm just uh, confused about how that works for you so base so basically because i freelance um like yeah actually no 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 i want to break this down so the way it works um usually like it'll start with an idea either an editor will reach out to me with an idea or i reach out to the editor with an idea and then if the pitch is accepted then we you know we move on we reach out to publicists or i start drafting a piece depending on whether it's an interview or a review or an op-ed or whatever the fuck yeah so i write the thing i conduct the interview i do whatever transcription or like research is required and then i turn the piece in it gets published it gets edited and then it gets published and then uh i send in an invoice you know, like, I just, I'm just like, hey, like, like, for example, like, I might hand in a review that's like $250. And then I just like create the invoice, send it. And then uh, depending on how, depending on how fast they pay, because some pace, some places pay really, really fast. Some places, some places don't. Like the, <laughs> yes. the usual industry standard is net 30. So like, it it's so like you get paid sometime within 30 days, which uh -huh. is like a really broad window yeah um but some places pay in like three four days it depends mm -hmm. on what service they use like like it could be anywhere from like three days to 30 days and the great thing about where i am as a freelancer is that i have cultivated a little like 
it's almost kind of like a full-time job, but like not really because mm -hmm. I have like dependable places that I can go and be like, Hey, I have an idea and it's more than likely going to land. Right. Yeah. So I have like some places that pay kind of fast so I can get the money that I need quickly. And some places that pay decent, but take a while. Mm -hmm. So I can just like stack up a whole bunch of them and then just have something to look forward to like week to week or month to month, depending on how it is. Um, uh, it's been really nice to kind of just like, like I've had to finesse it because I'm really lucky to be in the position that I am because a lot of writers aren't. Like some people have a hard time even getting into one publication, let alone like Multiple. the three yeah. that I kind of like frequent at this point. And I, tr and I and that's something else I try not to lose sight of. Um, so, you know, like tax wise, like I just dropped $2,200 on taxes because that's what happens when you freelance. Most places don't take money out of your check. Right. So you got to like, you got to, you got to cough it up at the end of the year. And that was, that was a lot of money, but <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> you know, like the, the, uh, the autonomy and the freedom that comes with that is the, uh, is the trade-off. Like you're yeah, your own that boss. Is still, that is still you know? a bit of currency there, I think. Right. Yeah. That it's, still it's, is it's, a... it's, it's, it's a lot, but like, I'm my own, like, well, I don't want to say I'm my own boss because I have bosses. I have editors that I answer to, but like, how do I, how do, how do I put this? Like, I'm like, I'm like the, I'm, I'm like, I'm like in control of my own destiny. I'm in control of my own time. I make my own schedule. I like, it's like being a freelancer has really taught me the discipline mm -hmm. that yeah. you need because you need to be disciplined yeah, to do yeah, this shit. Like if, if you're not disciplined, like if, like if you can't stick to a schedule and like if you can't hold yourself to deadlines, you're not going to survive. Like yeah. you got to be able to because like there's no one over your shoulder being like, hey, you doing this? OK, like they give you a deadline and if you don't meet it, you got problems. So like it's really taught me a lot of discipline and kind of like reinforced the work ethic in me that having another job might not because like it's easy to get complacent when you have a full-time job and i can say that because i've i've been on both sides so okay. I, I know how both of those work and uh you know like i kind of have i have a good amount of freedom to kind of do what i want talk to who i want uh and that's dope like like the taxes thing kind of sucks sometimes but <laughs> you know like that you know like ev everything comes at a price yeah you know everything comes Trade at a price always. and I kind of value the freedom that I have from all of that, for sure. Excellent. I very, hope that answers your question. No, 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 I, I was just about to say. Around a lot I there. was just about to say, excellent and very informative answer. And um, yeah, I know it, the key to being able to work in that way is to to be very disciplined and to have your own timeline set. So um, yes, thank you for that. That was awesome. Um, and with that being said, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know we're already running in into the, the almost two hour mark. But man, it's cool. Do your thing. All right. Like. We chilling. <laughs> Good. I mean, people like the longer episodes, so, you know, fuck it. But um, we'll talk a little bit more about Dylan as we keep going. Um, but I did want to talk about this young nudie album. Let's go, Let's go. son. <laughs> hey, Let's go. Hey, if you know me, you know I love some young nudie. And uh, I, I was very excited for this to come out for a couple of reasons. One, so last year we got 
Anyways by Young Nudie. That was his 2020 project. And just to kind of go over that, I thought that was a solid project, but it was really just okay. It was like, you know, for Nudie standards, I was happy with it. It's like a good album to put on for the whole thing, but there weren't too many songs of it that I, I felt like I always went back to that made me listen to the album a lot. It was more like, I want to listen to some Young Nudie. I'll turn on this album. So move forward into this project. It's been almost a year because he dropped like early 2020. So it's been more than a year, excuse me. Um, and the first thing that really grabbed me, and we're going to talk about this, album title, album art. All right. When I saw this cover and I saw the title of the album was Dr. Evil with the evil spelled EV4L. Oh, <laughs> I already knew this album was going to be fucking dope. I was like, you know, sometimes you look at an album cover and some album art and you're like, or the album title and some album art and you're just like, I know this has to be great. I know this has to be great. That's what I felt with this. Um, so, again, uh, with this particular album art, one, it's just aesthetically very cool. I mean, it's well drawn. and, and um, But further than that, you know, it does kind of lean you into the spookier atmosphere, the very dark nature of the sounds of this album, as well as the front man, the rapper, the person who is the voice behind the record uh, in Young Nudie. And I dig the whole fit with the top hat, and I'm glad that he got like a real life version of the outfit that he's wearing right there with the Chucky, um, and he's got you know like that same top hat and coat and you know that that's that, that was pretty dope um so yeah again i think you know the theme with me and young nudie or talking about young nudie is that there is genuinely more than meets the eye and i think that this this cover encapsulates that probably more than anything again it's it looks cool but in the same way it does again clue me into what the sound of the album is going to feel like because he doesn't really seem to diverge from the pretty dark nature of a lot of the instrumentals that are on here and it just you know in terms of the rapping it's he's drilling on this pretty hard so um yeah any comments about the cover art the title or just going into this what you had expectations or whatever i um yeah yeah like i agree with what you said Devin. It, it's it's crazy you bring all that up because this cover really feels like an extension of the cover for nudie land yeah. like it's yeah, uh, uh, like it like it's got that weird circus like silent hill three type vibe to it <laughs> that i really love in a good cover art like this like it's um and 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 like like i don't know why like i'm just thinking about this right now but like i really did get a lot of the same vibes i got from nudie land off of doctor I, I actually like this more than i like nudie land oh, maybe yeah, like yeah, not like 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 not quite as much as um i love like like for me personally my favorite thing he's ever done is the project with pierre slime air project slime air is is amazing like that's my favorite nudie joint yes but like i i I just thought it was interesting to see the parallels and comparisons between dr evil and nudie land i don't know like that's that's the first place my mind went and the chucky doll was also a nice touch because i know he's used that chucky doll like that specific one with the locks and shit mm-hmm. like on other covers yeah. so like i just i i'm 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 big on a recurring motif so especially especially when it comes to horror shit so yeah shout out yeah. to shout out to the artist i don't know who did it but shout out to them 
I don't know who did it, and I, I didn't look that up before we got on here. But yeah, it's it's just w very well done. And um, I recently, you know, released a, a, a young nudie starter pack on Instagram, Spotify, yeah. and Apple Music, like a playlist for it, as well as just like Instagram posts about it, and kind of you know just um, speaking on some of his characteristics, you know, just kind of like the way he makes his music and. Um, yeah, you know, just to come back to this, I'm going to keep saying this, but I really do feel that more it's, uh, you know, with Nudie, it's always more than meets the eye. I think, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you can always take him for, uh, you know, really just a, a rapper with very violent lyrics and, you know, kind of talking about limited substance and, and whatnot. But I think both as a rapper and just musically, like with his beat selection and just what the thought goes into a certain project. I really do think he gives you a premium over other artists that you may s find as like contemporaries of him or rap, you know, about similar content or, you know, come at uh, music with this similar like dark and eerie um, kind of vibe. I do think that he puts more thought into his projects than the next person does. And so, <coughs> yeah, again, I was just I was really excited to hear this. I even waited a couple days because it didn't come out on Friday with everything else. It came out earlier in the week. I waited a couple days to finish that starter pack and then listen to it. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't even, I didn't even really have expectations for this. Like I, I almost, I, I wasn't really, just because of the album cover and the art and stuff, I thought, okay, this is probably going to be awesome. But I really went into it pretty free with expectations, just w willing to hear whatever. Yeah, same. And I was like really, really, really fucking impressed. Again, have been a fan of U Nudie for a while. Have really enjoyed, like you said, Slime Air. Me too. That's my shit. Listen to it a bro. million times at this point. And um, yeah, I, I wasn't even trying to think like, oh, this might be like one of his best yet, like before I heard it. But after hearing it, it probably is to me because the other thing that I like about him is that when he goes into a, a full length project, he tends to, uh, you know, kind of keep it on one track, if that makes sense. Like, I think he likes to kind of move in one direction uh, through a project. I notice there are albums where he'll lean into, like, Slime Air, where he's a little bit more, like, I guess moving in more directions. But those Pierre beats really, like, open up the sound. Sometimes it can be kind of, like, heavy and dark if he wants to because that's his style but with these pierre beats there's a lot of bright and colorful things going on and he fit those really well which i think was you know i think showed some versatility for him but if you listen to and, and, and same with maybe like nudie land but i think if you listen to slime ball three or slime ball two and one which two and one also have pierre beats and and three doesn't have as many um you know he leans into the heavier darker you know, more drill-oriented nature of those songs. And so um, this, I think, keeps right along this path of dark, eerie um, sounds with, like, really weird accents going on with a lot of beats. Heavy beats with, like, weird accents a lot of the time. Um, so I appreciated the focus on this. Um, I appreciated the really consistent nature of it you know I, I think when i first had my maybe first or second listen 
I was honestly kind of blown away. Like I was really, really high on this album and I still am very high on this album. I think just after a couple more listens, there are a song or two that I notice to me feel like they let down the energy a little bit from where some of the definite high moments are. But aside from that, I feel like we have a really consistent project. I feel like as you get into the middle section of the project, it, it just gets like really, really, really good. I think from Roughneck to Perk 30, Rustlers, Child Play, uh, Two-Face with G Herbo, like I really found myself enjoying those moments a lot. Um, and that, yeah, it really holds up the young nudie discography that I already think is, is really great. And it plays to all the things that I thought were already strengths about uh, nudie. So with that starter pack I mentioned that is on Instagram, I kind of mentioned that, you know, for him, I think he is not an amazing rapper, but like by, you know, say trap standards is like a really solid, dependable, reasonably versatile, versatile artist as well in terms of rapping and has a great flow, great vocalization, can use his voice in ways that's not just straight rapping at you. Um, there's one song that comes in here, I can't remember the word, the words he's saying, but he comes in with this really high pitched, like, uh, you know, bar at the very beginning of it. Um, I don't know, he's willing to do things like that, but it's the beat selection for me that has kind of set him apart from a lot of other rappers to me. And I think the beats on this album are really what had me having the most fun listening in detail uh, on here. So yeah, most of the songs I really like, um, yeah, some crazy song titles on here. One of them's called Colombian Necktie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, again, I'm just like, bro, this guy is so dark. Like, I know somebody that died like that, and that is not a, a way to go out at all. Eek, nah. Uh, yeah, and, like, Soul Keeper. Like. Yeah, <laughs> wait, also on that that song, too. I don't know if y'all caught that, but there's a line in there that he said it kind of stopped me in my tracks, like you said, with the, the capital Steez line on the Makami Project. Just because it was uh, incredibly savage, he said basically something about, you know, got to keep that rubber on, no easy E, or yeah. something of that nature. And I was like, okay. wait, 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 touchy. wait, touchy. <laughs> touchy, yeah, I'm like, not that I, rap is this way, can't be sensitive about certain things, right? but at the same time, <laughs> It just kind of had me stopped in my tracks for a moment, like, bro, your your brain really works like that. Like, you could have said anything in that moment. <laughs> you know, you could have <laughs> flipped that line like a number yeah. of ways, and, and I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. Just the way he said that, that was that was that was definitely a way to a way to say that. It just goes right by, wow. and you're like, did I just hear that? Like, that was real. You said that, okay. Right, right, yeah. right. All right. I know. I know you're savage. Okay. Um, so I really have said most of what I wanted to say about this project and that I do, I do think it's pretty awesome, pretty excellent. Um, I don't know if y'all feel similarly or if y'all want to talk about, you know, best moments in here. Um, I thought all the features went over really well. G Herbo, 21 Savage, uh, Lil Uzi Vert, particularly Child's Play and 21 Savage, I thought yeah. was amazing. Yeah, they're, 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 they're oh, go ahead, Dylan. I was literally just gonna say they're cousins, so like they just got that going for them all the time. They have great chemistry, but yeah, you got it, Trent. Go for it. I was just, I was gonna say, I, I did uh thoroughly enjoy child play, and I actually think that's like 
a good example of kind of a bigger picture of this project where I find that both of these artists, 21 Savage and Young Nudie, do like the whole like horror rap kind of vibe is not always my favorite because I feel like sometimes it gets really kitschy really easily. And like, it, it's very like, um, like it's very like of the moment, but 21 Savage, obviously without warning, is a great example of this where and almost i feel like dylan you could probably speak to this too because you're such a movie buff but like i for me i love i love the horror movie genre um but i'm not a big like slasher movie i'm not a big like i think it has its place for sure but it's not the kind of like horror that i find super appealing i like the kind of horror that's very like slow burn and like understated and not like not like this is horror but like this is unnerving and that's what's horrifying about it and right. like that's the kind of vibe i get from some rappers like nudie like 21 savage where they're not like explicit maybe not so much i mean saying this at 21 savage just did like the saw soundtrack but right. um i'm saying this <laughs> in like more so like in a couple of these projects um this one included i feel like the horror aspect or like the the kind of like you know, gritty, like guttural aspect of these albums is not so much like a, like, look at this spooky beat. <laughs> like it's, it's more like there's an air of like actual, like, this is kind of scary. Like <laughs> some of this Danger, shit, be a necktie, kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's not afraid yeah. to like get kind of, kind of like dirty with like the easy line and shit like that. Like that's the kind of like, place where I feel like horror or like, you know, fear plays like a good part, a good healthy part in hip hop. And like, I feel like this is a good album like that. And you know, like the the album cover, I think is really cool. It's a little bit more on the nose to me than like the actual music is as far as that goes. But right. Um, but that's the kind of shit that I, I, I love this album too. I think this is a really good like listening experience for that reason. But yeah, I thought he was. Um, that's, a, that's a, where my mind came off of with this project. Right. right. Before, before, before I get into what I wanted to say, I wanted to just jump off of what you said, Trent, about like what, about like how Nudie and Savage in particular, like kind of encapsulate this horror thing. Like that, like the like the thing that attracted me to Twenty One Savage at first was how was how he made like like sat like Savage and Nudie come from an area that's like horrifying in and of itself in real life. Right? right like 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 it's uh like like they're like like they're obviously not the first people to kind of you know like display display like the horrors of like gang culture and hood living the way they have but like that's a big part of what that's a big part of what makes their particular like synergy with the horror thing really interesting to me because like the shit is real for a lot of people yeah. and it mm -hmm. comes through in their music and just like and like and like the way savage raps he's very numb like his like yes, his voice is just very like flat yeah. right and just the, like his level of comfort like, his level of comfort like and, and 21 savage too his level of comfort like kind of speaking on that culture and where it really yeah. comes from i think can be really eerie and frightening especially to anybody that doesn't come from that and is observing it through their right. lens, I think that's yeah, that's an important part of the piece there. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and like, and and like and like to bring it back to Nudie in particular, like, just yeah, just like from just like from the song titles 
and just like just it's just like an air of menace like kind of to what right. Trent was talking about with the with 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 the horror shit like like it's a it's almost like with nudie and with this album in particular i almost i almost see it as like a meeting in the middle of the two different kinds of horror because you have like the more like campy theatrical shit kind of being represented by the beats because like the beats are kind of like because like the beats are kind of like out there in that way Mm -hmm. but the song but but like the songs themselves it's just like 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 you can hear what nudie's saying like Mm -hmm. It's the kind of thing where you listen to a song like Hot Nigga by Bobby Shmurda and 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 like the beat gets you so hyped that you might not realize the song is about him killing somebody. Right. Yeah, like, like there's clues in the track and like everything is all like, very real. Y- 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 yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you just get lost in it and you don't and, and like a lot of people don't sit and think about what these songs are about. And that's why I think you bringing up the horror aspect is really interesting because like this is stuff that he's lived and it's and like that's just the way and like this is just the way he chooses to the way he chooses to put that out and one thing that i love about every nudie project is that every intro for a nudie project is gonna go crazy like you know that first song mm. that first song is gonna go through the roof long ride. like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how the rest of the mm-hmm. album is like that fir- the first song is gonna go dumb yeah. and revenge was a really nice way was a really nice just like it just hit me in the chest i don't know like nudie's music always just hits me in the chest like it always catches me off guard and it's crazy to think about that because because uh he has a very specific formula that Mm -hmm. he doesn't really shy away from too much but he just finds ways to make it even more surprising where he's like modulating his voice a little bit that part i love the, all I don't the know. parts where he pitched down his voice, I thought, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, again, just in terms of things that are, like, horror-esque, but we're never actually really, like, really going down that rabbit ro- hole and, like, trying to make this sound like a, a horror album, horror core, nothing like that. It's things right, like yeah. that, small little pieces like that that are like, bro, you really sound like Lucifer straight up. And that makes this, <laughs> that makes this song, like, ten times hotter. Yeah. And and, and and like also also like he's like disarmingly funny sometimes too right like yeah. like like because like, because like people get so caught up in how serious stuff like this can be especially when it comes to like the violent content and just like the way that they go about telling these stories but like they make it funny like <laughs> just to, just just like just like whether it's in the deadpan delivery or it's just like a random punchline you weren't expecting it's just like it really toes that line between like, like, like it's like uncomfortable laughter sometimes where it's like, I don't know if I should be laughing at this. It's funny, but I don't know if it's like, it's. Yeah. Is this the the right time? Am I reading the room right here? Right. Right. And like, and like with both, like I keep on connecting nudie and savage because a they're related and B they, they're they're on each of their albums. Like there's no, like there's no nudie album without savage on it. Like mm-hmm. that's just kind of been a thing for a while, and like, to me, Twenty One Savage has been one of the funniest rappers on the planet yes. for a long time. Like he's like he's funny as fuck for no goddamn reason. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a song on Swervo, there's a song on Swervo. Um, uh, that's uh, that's how I grew up, where he's just like, 
Like he just randomly says, like, I came out the pussy, I was flamed up, dog. Like that's just a <laughs> funny image. Like that shit is funny. And like Nudie has so many of those moments on this project yeah. that can kind of like pass you by because of the way he raps and the way he sounds. But like if you're like really listening to what he's saying and like because like he flows like crazy. His flows are kind of my favorite part of him as a rapper. Yeah. But he's funny as fuck when he wants to be. And it's just like, it just adds that extra layer to listening. Mm -hmm. That's just like, and like, it's, I just like that. I like, I can't pick out any specific examples because I didn't get to spend as much time with the nudie project as I wanted to. But um, like the combination of just hearing him rap over these beats and just the chemistry with his guests, like, like Deb, you mentioned Two Face before. I think Two Face is my favorite song on here, yeah. and I always try to look for a song on here that's like not a single yeah. to be my favorite <laughs> yeah. because this is a single. But like, Two Face is like, there's a reason it's a single. Like that song yeah, is a hit. Yeah. Like for me, the the three song run from Child's Play to Soul Keeper to Two Face was like when I was just like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like <laughs> we are in that the, was really when it hit me in the face. This album, yeah, I agree because we talk about that a lot actually. Like. Sometimes it's a bit of a downside if the single that you already heard before the album came out came out ends up being the best song in the album. But when it's supported by other great moments on the album, like the album is full of other really, really good moments, and this one just right. happens to be the best, really. Um, uh, which I think maybe one or two tracks could give this a run for its money, but it's definitely a top three track, like to me, no doubt. And I think, for sure. you know, like you said, there's a reason it's it's a single, and the rest of the the songs that you didn't hear before are not a letdown to the single. They really just amplify it. It's right in the middle of the album. It sounds it sounds great. Right. Um, and yeah, and, totally. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, and you're right. You know, kind of the way that all of the content in this album to him or the way he's always rapped is very like second nature to him he's like numb borderline comfortable you know uh very natural and talking about what he talks about that it just it, yeah it adds to the spooky nature of the album and i think um kind of forgot what i was going to say there but basically yeah i mean it's it's that thing about him that um Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, there are a lot of rappers out there that you appreciate authenticity, really. If you really live a certain life, then, you know, live that through your music. There's some yeah. people I kind of, you know, no cap in my rap. I kind of wish like or I, I kind of think like, man, I hope listening to Young Nudie, basically, I think for a moment like, bro, I hope there's at least like a little bit of cap in your rap. Like like a li like the tiniest bit. I'm like some of the shit you talk about is nuts. Um yeah but and like, and yeah go ahead like i'm sorry this is just this is just like this is just like people's lives you know and like it's really sad like if you think about it too hard it gets kind of sad because like because like the way his voice is like like you like you like, like like you have to detach a little bit just from reality in mm -hmm. order to be able to like survive certain things yeah and that and like that kind of adds a little air of sadness some of the things he does it's it, it, like it's it's really interesting to me in that way like and he does bring that in on a song or two like there are a moment or two where i think he does this on a few of his projects but he does kind of um talk about maybe violence or gang culture or, or, or whatever in a more sobering fashion um yeah. not so much like in a i'm just 
rapping about it because I lived through it sort of fashion. Right, Kind of yeah. reflecting, and he's always been good at doing that as well. And so that just, you know, again, rounds this project out to being something a lot more robust than just a trap-in, drill-in, like, yeah. you know, um, straight-up hard project. Yeah, it, it, yeah, man, this shit is traumatic, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's like, this really, this really changes the way you see the world and it like breaks your brain in a way. So like, like there's always a sense of paranoia to Nudie's music in particular. Like he's, he's, he's kind of like, like he's confident, but not like you meant, like you mentioned the word comfortable. Like I don't really get a sense of like comfort from this. Like not in the sense that like, like cause like, cause like I get what you mean by comfortable, but mm. like, he's like, this is like unnerving, like paranoid music. Yeah. Like this is like, like this is this is very like you gotta look over your shoulder at any second because somebody might just come for you and get you mm-hmm. type of music like and that's and that's what makes it horrifying it, or 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 like or like that's where like the horror aspect of it comes from for me like he's like he's comfortable in his style but not comfortable like living yeah and that's like and and like having that dichotomy in the music is what makes his music and so much other rap music and like especially like so compelling you know like people who are able to you know like i think you know like i think about somebody like yg mm-hmm. like who made um oh, why am i forgetting the name of the song i'm still brazy man i'm, I'm oh I'm who shot me up. yeah there you go yeah like yeah yeah like, you know you think about a song like that and it's like and it's like you know like yg's kind of like like yg's putting himself out there and being like, I'm horrified. Like I have to look over my shoulder because like somebody got me on my way out of the recording studio. Yeah. And like, and like that's kind of the stuff I get from Nudie. And I think that's always an important thing to consider. Like, 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 like all these different elements kind of create this. Uh, you know, to go back to Trent's original point of like this horror thing that like toes the line between something more campy and theatrical. And something more like unnerving, like a movie like Green Room, which I'm not sure if y'all have seen Green Room, seen but if you movie. haven't, Green Room is crazy. Like, that was a crazy movie. Really, really wild movie. Rest in rest in peace to Anton Yelchin. Yeah. And uh, they got Patrick Stewart to play a Nazi in that movie. Really crazy. Really, <laughs> re- with an American accent. Wow. Yeah. Wait. That is <laughs> crazy. I fucking. Totally movie, forgot man. about that. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a wild movie. But yeah, like, um, I really like this project. I had a good time with it. Um, last night it's really just like an it's it i'm surprised nudie and herbo haven't worked together more honestly like i think i think they complement each other like and yeah dev you brought up drill a couple of times and i think like i think like that's the closest this kind of comes to like sounding like drill to me because obviously like you know like herbo is drill chicago drill but like that was kind of the moment where i would that that was like one of the only moments where i saw that there and like i think the two of them have really nice chemistry and they should work together more often if they feel like it like it it, it didn't feel like it was just like a yeah let's just get him because he's cool like it, it it felt like they were doing their thing yeah a collaboration Her, that i hadn't thought of before uh but mm-hmm. one that on paper looked awesome when i heard the track i was really happy that it it totally it totally made up on everything it, sh- it looked like it should have been on paper um yeah they fit well together obviously him and 21 savage have always had awesome chemistry together loved yeah, hearing yeah, yeah. Lil uzi vert on here um and yeah, uzi you know he's off. been yeah yeah, sure. yeah yeah and um on you know uzi's uh 
Deluxe, Eternal Take Deluxe, which was a little Uzi Vert versus the World 2. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that collab with Young Nudie is incredible. Uh, Pierre beat there. Um, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> um, uh, yeah, Dr. Evil, really, really good project. Again, uh, for an artist that I think is always just done more than you would expect uh both from him and just from you know this section of music in general um i i think this album just even takes it up another notch and really outdoes expectations even for me someone who has you know like established high expectations for nudie at this point having enjoyed his music so um yeah very excited about this i i haven't been super duper excited about but too many albums this year um this is one of them like leading up to it and when i heard it yeah on both sides very very happy about this whole thing the way it came together yeah no it's totally solid and like there one of the one of the earlier songs i i it might have been revenge but he brought up something about like he did a um uh there was like a viral clip of him being interviewed i um i think it was uh dj smalls or whatever the fuck his name is dj small eyes that dude there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. DJ yeah. Small Eyes. Fuck that dude. He, uh, <laughs> he <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, dude. it was the clip of him being like, "Oh, we look what money make a bitch do." Like he mentioned, <laughs> he mentioned that on one of the like, it, it wasn't that exact line, but it was like something similar to it, yeah. and it made me think about that, and it made me smile because every time, like, Nudie is the person I think of whenever I see somebody do something wild for money. Like I think of that clip every single time now. It's just like etched into my brain. Like, ooh, we just every time. So shout out, shout, shout out, shout out to Nudie for fucking shout out to Nudie for calling out the cell house. <laughs> Cause that's just it's just in there. Yeah, those small eyes interviews are crazy. Like they're yeah, they're he's, they're he's, borderline like Vlad interviews almost like snitch on yourself right now on the he, camera do he's, it <laughs> he's definitely as bad as vlad like yeah, they're, yeah, they're, he is. They're i've only on seen like level. a few of those videos i remember i was just telling someone about this was the first time i had heard about little baby it was right after he had gotten released from prison and he did an interview with dj small eyes and right. the, the clip or the the quote for that clip was you know little baby spends what do you say a hundred thousand dollars on lean a month or something Son. something silly like that and that's pretty much what most of those videos are like they're like what was the craziest time you did drugs uh what about you know what's prison like you know shit like that uh, that's just the auction block son yeah, that, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, yeah. i can't i, yeah, I can't yeah, either that's yeah. the auction block yeah 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 so. i can't um cool that's uh trent did you have any last thoughts about about young nudie there or are we good no nah, i think we good it's a really good album i'm i like you said i i uh I'm probably not as big of a Nudie fan as as you two, from what it sounds like. I I like Nudie, and I thought Slime Air was really cool, and I've kind of like dabbled in the rest of the stuff. But this was a really good album. I, I was very into this. Oh God, no cap! Oh God! Oh God, no cap! Loud as fuck. These drops are loud as fuck. I gotta tone that down. Uh, yeah. On God, no cap. On God. Um, I agree with you there. That's, I just wanted to. <coughs> give you a resounding yes on yes this album is <laughs> fantastic uh so i'm thinking about doing a bonus episode here later where we actually go down the the playlist and just individually talk about what i put in here for this week because we're not going to get to everything in terms of albums and singles uh that i think are worth mentioning so i was thinking about that maybe doing bonus episodes for these where i just go through the playlist uh, and talk about everything in order because um 
our friend Justice Bada just dropped a very good romantic thug very album um, featuring that single that's been out for a little while, featuring another friend of the show, Jordan Fletcher, uh, Jailblazers. Man, love that title, too. Takes me back to a great time, you know, in this in this city. Uh, but, yeah, there's a few songs on there. I wanted to bring that up. Um, yes. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, I don't got mine. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Bring that back. Bring that back. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Phone finger daddy. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm hell about. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we out here. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was some pretty good music that came out this week. And, and honestly, there's some stuff that maybe we would talk about, you know, on a given week that wouldn't, you know, sorry, on a maybe a softer week, uh, basically, like. You know, there was the Benny the Butcher, uh, you know, basically the BSF, another BSF project um, that, you know, we were able to not really talk about. I even listened to the Ice Wear Vezo album, um, like, like maybe a, a time and a half. Um, so also pretty solid. I was into that. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Vezo. Good yeah, album. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we will get to that. I will do a little bonus episode. We'll talk about what uh, other songs are on here. Um but real quick, um, I think before we get into our next project, I want to bring up Real Notes again. We have mentioned it a couple times already. Um, I think, you know, very obviously we have like a music and m- film related podcast. Um, I will say I enjoy listening to your podcast because I like movies. I love watching movies. I don't find myself a ton of time to do it. But listening to your podcast, r- one makes me realize I'm definitely no movie buff Two, that <laughs> I, you know, your podcast makes me want to watch more movies and even listen to more music. Like when I'm listening to these artists talk, like I really get a fervor to like go listen to either the music that they're speaking about directly um, or their music more or, or what have you. So particularly um, <clears throat> the episode that I think was the most like that, for me was Arm and Hammer, Billy Woods and Elucid. Um, that interview there was super fun. It was cool to hear them come on and be willing to talk to you for like almost a couple hours um, yeah. and just like really shoot the shit about movies, about really anything, music, movies, and otherwise. Um, and there were a couple conversations that y'all had um, that really struck me as interesting, really, um, really enthralled me like deep into the episode. And one, you know, I, one, it was awesome to hear you guys talk about Haram. Talk about, and I saw this clip earlier, and, you know, listening to the full part of it was really interesting. You talking about, you know, what what expectations Elucid and Billy had going into working with, Arm, or with, with Alchemist and what they were asking him for. You know, Elucid was like straight up, I was asking him for those West Side Gov beats, like, Right. I wanted to give you some of those. <laughs> I wanted to do some boom, boom, boom. So um, that conversation I really enjoyed. The other, another conversation I I really enjoyed too um, was you guys talking about Ghostface Killer. I feel like you guys went on a really interesting like tangent of conversation just based off of the yeah, crypticness. Wow. You kind of mentioned the you know like cryptic not being a word that's really that you love using, and that was like a a a, a kind of a talking point that got you guys into you know, talking about Ghostface and that whole, you know, really his whole career, but that time in his life surrounding Supreme clientele and what he started doing after that and the crypticism in his lyrics. 
you know, then versus moving forward and then relating it back to two rappers who are hyper detailed and still somewhat, you know, kind of aloof or, or cryptic, if you want to use that word. Um, right. And uh, yeah, I don't really know if I had like a question based off of that, but, you know, just just where these conversations end up going are both very natural and informative and and um, enlightening to both the guests um, and just like the the things that you bring up, you guys, you know, were talked about great in great detail about certain movies or the whole Ghostface Killer thing. Like it was nice to hear people who are really well, really, really well versed with his music and even you know the music that isn't even online to hear them really have that conversation. They seemed like they really genuinely enjoyed being there and having those conversations with you. So, um, you know, I guess maybe here's my question, man. Like, um, you know, what what do you feel like is is your style or your approach to interviewing people and you know what what is the best way for you to feel natural and and make these these interviews feel natural to you and the artist oh man that's such a good question first off thank you i appreciate that because like that's really what i try that's, that's really what i aim for with all of this like with like w like when like oh, man i'm trying to think now so <laughs> When it comes to interviews, I haven't really looked at interviews like an interview, like a proper, like formal interview in a really long time. I like my shit to be more like conversations. Absolutely. So like I write out questions and I do research and I like write and like I have notes and like bullet points that I go through. And I like those to kind of be like a guideline as or, or, or like or like I yeah I, I like it to be like a guideline like a roadmap mm -hmm. you know so like I really look at like every interview like a roadmap right where like there's a predetermined path that I can take but I like to leave the I, I, I like to leave room to go off and like take an exit yeah. to go to a rest stop and like chill in mm -hmm. a fucking dingy Burger King <laughs> and talk about Ghostface if you want like you know like yeah. it's um I just like to talk. <laughs> I feel like it's such a simple, like reductive way of putting that. But like, I just like to talk to people. And I think I think that's more interesting than uh, just like question, answer, question, answer type shit. Um, I don't know how I manage to do all of that. Sometimes it's just like, I'll go back and like listen to them while I'm editing and be like, wow, like I actually managed to turn that into a conversation because I'm nervous as hell before I do all of them. Mm -hmm. That's how I know I care. Feel you. You know, like, yeah. like, 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 I know I right. care about something if I'm like scared yeah. before I come out. Like here, I was like, damn, like, I got to like, am I going to do okay? Like, <laughs> you know, like if like, that's, I, 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 I guess it's kind of good to like, I guess like with my style to, to like really directly answer your question. Um, I, um, Wait, real quick, just to interrupt interrupt you for yeah. a moment yeah, yeah i yeah. do think that we have a similar approach or style of interviewing in the way that like i too i will have questions prepared that i know are going to lead me in a certain direction or you know if a if a certain um conversation breaks down that i'm gonna pull from one of those questions and get me on to the next conversation so like you know basically i know there are certain things that i want to know through this interview um that right. are you know just individually based to that artist and what i think they probably want out of an interview and then 
a, th a thing that's super important, I think, to any interview, and you certainly do this, is the willingness to allow the guest to sort of um, also drive the conversation to a certain place if they seem right. particularly interested in wherever that's going. Because ultimately what I try to get out of interview is like for them to have fun having that conversation. So if they're going mm -hmm. somewhere and, and you're trying to redirect them back to these questions that you have, like you may cut off really great con you know, content for that conversation you know, moving forward. And so, you know, like you said, like you were kind of willing to, uh, you know, you know, something that they brought up, like you would roll with that. And then if that conversation ended up kind of coming to a close, then you had something prepared to kind of bring up another point. Right. Yeah. And like, and like, that's what makes a good conversation, you know, like you would like, like, I feel, I feel like a lot of people don't say this, but a good part of being a good interviewer is being a good listener, you know, like listening to what people have to say and like knowing and like kind of having that sixth sense to know when to ask a follow-up question or when mm. to just kind of let something go. Yeah. Like that's, that's what makes good, like not even just like interviews. Cause like, I like, I do this with all my interviews, but it comes out differently in the writing because it's writing and mm. stuff, unfortunately usually has to get cut. But like with a podcast, like that's kind of what drew me to wanting to do a podcast is that I could kind of just have, most of if not all of the conversation just like be there yeah. and people can like see that path that we took and a big part of that is being a good listener knowing how to read the situation knowing how to read the room and just like knowing when to be like oh hey like you know like kind of being like drewski's it's like what do you mean by that <laughs> you know like yeah, it's just like you gotta you gotta have those moments yeah. um like it like not like not only does it sh not only does it make for a more interesting conversation for the listener but it shows the person you're talking to that like you're actually invested in like them being there yeah. as opposed to just like having like a boom 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 okay bye getting like, certain answers yeah. out of them like or you know getting to ask them certain questions yeah you definitely right. don't want that to be the right the yeah it's just like you know like i'm not friends with everybody that i interview but I just like, we're all people. Like yeah. you're gonna get a good conversation out of a person if you treat them like a person, you know, Back. like regardless of how well you know them. And um, I try really hard to kind of like facilitate an environment, like, like I try to create as comfortable and relaxed. Maybe, well, relaxed might be the wrong word, but like as like, I guess welcoming yeah environment yeah, as possible you know like, you know like i'm not i'm not trying to be yeah like i'm not trying to be like eric andre or like z-way and put people in the hot seat <laughs> or anything crazy like that but if i need to i'll you know i'll, I'll, I'll come <laughs> to somebody and be like hey like what's up you know like with gun like yeah what's up with the hitler shit like you know like it's you just gotta know when to do it yeah you know yeah, and absolutely. like just that's like like i guess that's my style is like like if I had to think like of like a name for it, I guess you could call it like, I, uh, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I don't even want to like put a name on it, but like, it's, that's just how I tried. I just try to approach every interview like a conversation yeah. because people like to talk. Usually not everybody likes to talk, but like, it's just better to approach people like as human beings <laughs> as, as opposed to like, <laughs> rule, you know, though. like as, as opposed to like bugs in a bugs <laughs> in a bottle, you know, like uh -huh. <laughs> these, these aren't like test subjects there you know, like people who have like responsibilities and lives and partners and kids and, you know, like they put their pants on one leg at a time and they fucking, they fucking like freak out over what movie to pick on Netflix and 
Yeah. Like they don't know what they're going to make for dinner tonight either. You know, like tapping yeah. into that shit is what makes for good shit. Good convo. And yeah. yeah. I don't do a lot of the interviewing on the show. I kind of just like get to sit back and enjoy it, but I'm basically just a listener of the podcast, but, um, <laughs> but something I noticed about like both of you guys, as well as um, shout out the, the dude, Derek G also a great podcaster yeah, homie. Something, I just noticed mm-hmm. that like there are a lot of um a lot of like interviewers podcasters writers where um like there's a they, the line between like interview and like interrogation is really blurred and like <laughs> with an in, with an interview you're trying to like you know get to know somebody you're trying to like you're, you're trying to get a feel for the person but with like an interrogation you're trying to like it's like an get agenda. information you're yeah, just like yeah, yeah. i just want to know the fact and like something like an example for instance in the um i think it, i think this was the the arm and hammer episode of real notes where you you know you you frequently ask like what's the first like movie you ever yeah. saw what's the first uh experience you remember seeing a movie right. and like i can't remember who said what but one of them was like i went to Care Bears. <laughs> like, that was, yeah, that was elusive. That was elusive. Yeah, elusive was like I saw Care Bears, <laughs> and then like, and then Billy was like, I saw Superman and cried, <laughs> and like, yeah. like the facts in interrogation would be like I saw Superman, but like, the interview is like I saw Superman. Oh, why did you cry when you saw Superman? I'm <laughs> like, it's just like that's the kind of information where it's like. I, I totally see that in both of your guys' interview styles, Derek's interview style. It's like the, like you said, the kind of hospitality part is there where they feel comfortable enough to be like, I was uh, crying in the movie. I was walking up and down the aisle crying in the movie theater <laughs> while Superman was playing. And that's like, well, that's, they wouldn't divulge that information if they didn't feel comfortable, you know? And then right. beyond that, it's like, well, that's part of the story. Like, it's not just about like, the answer to the question is about like what like every like tangent like tangential moment that you know runs alongside of that that answer to that question like it's not that's what makes it an interesting interview so i i totally see that in your uh your real notes i haven't read a lot of your writing honestly i didn't know about you until like a couple days ago but good, tried man. to like do some research with real notes at least and um i totally see that real and quick trent i think it makes for good interviewing sorry Deb, go ahead i wanted to interject and ask you because i dylan that question kind of fucks me up like the fact that you asked <laughs> that to everybody i I, got, I get to thinking about like what my first movie experience is i yeah, have no I fucking remember. clue so well, i was gonna <laughs> ask trent do you know like if someone asked you like what was the first movie you saw or first time you remember like movie theaters or something like that that you can well it's funny because in my head all i can think about is a similar experience to the superman answer where i remember (laughs) being in the movie theater seeing war of the worlds and the tom cruise one and (laughs) bro i don't like cry very much at all and but like for some reason that movie gave me my first like really noticeable panic attack and i don't know why but like <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> i could not stop crying but i couldn't stop watching it either i like wow like i couldn't and my mom was like do you want to leave and i was like no like <laughs> and i finished the whole thing but i really was just like i was just like crying during that whole movie but that was when i was like i don't remember when that movie came out that was in theaters though 
but you know that's um, the only one I can remember like really vividly and I think it's only because I just listened to that real notes but <laughs> I honestly, there's something else in there I, I just can't remember I honestly could not tell you what my first movie experience yeah. was or mo- I remember the movie theater that was like my childhood movie theater growing up that would always show like double features so you would go see a second run double feature uh you know one from eight to ten ten to midnight or something like that right. um super super fire they don't do that anymore right it was a That's saturday thing it was man. dope wow. yeah it was like 25 minute drive it was sick you remember the whole thing uh but um just another conversation i remember you guys having that also brings up crying in movies for me uh because we're there now uh is i'm similar i wouldn't say i cried i cry a lot definitely not during movies like it's very very rare that a movie makes me cry i cry during movies bro i i haven't well you know there's some some moments where you should be crying during a movie and if you're not you're kind of weird i've been there and trent you might (laughs) notice you know being the same age you might notice like as we get older like the possibility of me crying in a movie is like getting greater and greater like yeah like i get a lot more sensitive to these things (laughs) as time goes on but you know i listened the first episode i listened to your podcast was the messiah and um jay words episode which was which was a lot of fun to listen to but in that movie kind of almost in passing you know you guys brought up the movie crooklyn which i recently saw maybe i'm gonna say less than six months ago for sure Mm. um that movie made me ball for like probably five to ten minutes after watching it like i could not handle that movie i watched the whole thing uh, yeah, I was like, I thought it was amazing. It's it, It's got to be one of my favorite movies now after having seen it and having such a reaction to it. But, like, that is probably the one movie I could say now, like, I've seen and it just, like, I just, like, broke down. like it's, And, like, couldn't yeah. get it back together. Like, for, it wasn't, like, single man tear. It was, like, I was sobbing for, like, five yeah, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> nah, like, I get it. I get it. That's definitely one of those. The, le- the last time I remember crying at a movie was probably, uh, I saw Coco. Oh and yeah, Coco. Coco. I was cry. that close because uh, yeah, I saw like, it in the theater yeah, too. Like, oh, and, and and like I'm gonna tell you exactly when it happened. <laughs> um, it was right. It was right when Miguel started playing the song for his grandmother on the guitar. Oh, I oh, lost man. it. I was. I was <laughs> like, like, I, like I was by myself, and there, and, and like I was in the theater, like surrounded by families with their kids and shit, and like I'm just sitting off to the side, and he starts singing "Remember Me," and I just. <sighs> like it just came out i started sobbing like 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 i like go and watch that clip on youtube sometimes if like i need to have a good cry because like it'll (laughs) it'll it'll get get me every time bro that shit really takes me out i'm just and and then and then when she comes in and starts singing the song Uh, it's like yeah 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 like you would have thought somebody stepped on my throat (laughs) like it's awful it's awful i'm i'm out for like an hour (laughs) that's terrible but now shout out to crying crying yeah. is great yeah yeah sometimes yeah. it's really nice sometimes. i agree it's a good feeling yeah like i said as i get older and watch movies you just but, get more sensitive yeah. <laughs> like shit just starts hitting different you know um, yeah but yeah yeah, yeah I, I highly recommend Crypto i feel like i feel like we, i feel like we start to care less yeah yeah i'm sorry what what, uh, what definitely oh no i was just saying just yeah. to anybody that hasn't seen crooklyn man that movie is is amazing that movie is is so good Oh yeah, for sure. Um, very simple yeah, storyline was... to follow, but it's just so like just based in humanity. Um, 
that uh yeah it just it can really speak to people on a core level so um cool yeah, yeah. And, and and um that was spike lee at his prime too so totally. for real yeah he was in his bag he really was um so yeah again real notes the podcast uh you know i i loved that you know there are moments too again talking about the tangential conversations that can go on while alongside you know you have a definitely a path that you like to go through um just you know i do appreciate the uh the crosses between film and, and music that you're trying to make um i enjoy again hearing you guys talk about ghostface killer in a moment and then like you know and then relating that to david lynch or you know like any number of other um people in the film world i think that's really really cool so uh, if anybody's listening to this and you want to try that podcast out um, again, so far I've listened to the Messiah J words one, uh, the Arm and Hammer one is excellent. Flying Lotus episode, shorter but excellent, amazing. Also, congrats on just doing that interview. That that seems like a That's really great, yeah. big and awesome interview. Again, Thank just you, on the cusp of Yasuke coming out. Um, same with same with Arm and Hammer too. Really like on the heels of of Haram coming out too, and and having not only just an interview but like a, a two hour conversation almost with them i think is is incredible um just given where they're at right now Thanks, and man. and all that um but yeah those would be some episodes that i recommend jumping into it's still in the pretty early stages uh you know it's infancy maybe uh, i think you got what 10 yeah. 10 episodes in so far or yeah N- yeah number 11's coming on wednesday okay yeah so yeah, so we, yeah 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 we're 10 in the last yeah. one i did was with my boy akai solo who's also super dope. Everyone yeah. should go listen to True Sky yeah. right now. I, I haven't Blue, listened to that Ian yet. Navy Blues Project. Crazy, crazy, ah, crazy. Navy Blue got a new album too. I haven't heard yet. I got to go to the, the yeah. website and buy it. It's, it's dope. I listened to that last night. If you don't have it, I'll send it to you. I bought it. I would it's, love it's, that it's because, you, yeah, yeah. We I think we bring up I think we bring up Song of Sage post-panic like once every podcast. Every episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that shit is incredible. Yeah, it counts bro. as 2021. And yeah, we're like, when we do lists, I'm putting <laughs> it on my 2021 <laughs> list. None, none, none of these motherfuckers are seeing Sage right now, man. He's no. crazy with it. Yeah. yeah, bro. Like, wow. Yeah. Song of Sage is incredible. I will never not be singing Navy Blues praises. He's just, yep. he's just on some, he's on another level. Like, like, like Woods tweeted from his um from, from the Backwoods account uh maybe like two or three weeks ago at this point he was just like Navy Blue's parents got to be really proud of him because like there's nothing that kid can't do he For does real. everything bro he yeah, produces really he raps he skateboards he model. fucking design he's <laughs> yeah. a graphic designer yeah. he's a model for supreme like he does everything like how yeah like and, how? and all of it like really know. really really well too not just like a jack of Man. all trades but like he's v- incredible at, at at most of that stuff so yeah bro he's 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 unreal so yeah i'm a, i'm a always man shout out shout out to sage shout out navy blue like he's on some other shit for real all right let's do one last quicker review here um because i have been i've been kind of looking forward to this since i had seen chai the japanese pop band um on the Gorillaz Song Machine album um, with JPEG Mafia. So the, this, this, uh, this band had a collaboration with JPEG Mafia on that album. That album is full of like, let's put this with that and you know, equals whatever it ends up equaling. It's just like 
<clears throat> really, uh, you know, unhinged in that way, which I appreciate that about that album. So that was honestly my first time getting put on to them, though I'm pretty sure they have a debut album before this. Um, they have two. They have an album called Pink. They have another album called Punk. Uh, at least what you could find on streaming services slash Spotify. Um, and now we are here with Wink. So 2017, 2019, here we are in 2021. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's not really a ton to talk about with the album cover here. It's a cool album cover. Again, gets me suited, ready to for the kind of music I'm going to be hearing. Um, you know, it's quirky, colorful, whatever. Uh, but I don't have like a big concept deep dive on this one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. Um, like and it. and so I guess the number one thing I noticed with this album, and I don't honestly know if their previous projects have been like this. So afterwards, I'll do my due diligence. But they seem to have really introduced this. Um, R&B, even bordering on hip-hop influence uh, to their kind of experimental pop style. Um, so uh, you hear that in, in the singles like this, Donuts Mind If I Do. Um, and then in the second song, Maybe Chocolate Chips. These all have crazy titles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. And they're based on like the words that like kind of their like the way their English sounds <laughs> um, like do not mind if I do, um, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. A lot of these hit like a real R and B rhythm to them, uh, which I think is cool. The, I think the reason that stands out to me is I know that, you know, for, so obviously hip hop and Japan have had a relationship uh, for a period of time. Um, right. We know Nujibes exists, so there's a long history there with hip hop and, and Japan being definitely well made for each other. However, in Japan, I think in in that culture, uh, you know, I don't think hip hop has caught on as much as it has in say other places. Um, and I think there's still a, a very uh, big love for rock music and even like emo rock or um, you know, very, very heavy, very noisy rock music. Um, and so to hear this band come out and really embrace like a, a very true R&B and hip hop style um, in moments, though sparing, um, was interesting to me. It's, it's not, you know, something that I think is, is incredibly common yet. Um, and you know these this band has a particularly large platform um, that I wonder you know moving forward um, you know what the market is going to be like out there for to hear more things like this um, so while I didn't think this album was front to back all hitter no quitter um, I did think there were a couple moments in here that that drone a little bit um, <clears throat> there's a lot of energy there's a lot of spunk there's a lot of color a lot of um just funness going into what's being made here um and then sonically like real easy on the ears um this to me uh, maybe chocolate chips is 
really, really fun to listen to and produced very well. And I don't know the featured artist here, Rick Wilson, but again, adding a, a rap verse on to here, I appreciate it. Um, and then moving down further into the track list, uh, a random thought that came to me in hearing the Mind Sign feature, if I'm saying his name correctly. Yeah, Mind Design. Yeah, Mind shout Design. Out to Mind Design. Okay. Shout, shout out to Mind Design. He's all. He's dope. That's a name mm-hmm. I've seen before, but I haven't like listened to a, a, a solo project by them or a, you know any of their particular music. But that song got me thinking. For whatever reason, I would really love to hear the this group work with Steve Lacey. Like, it's funny that you say that. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna interject real quick because I got a very, uh, I got a very hive mind era the internet vibe from this album. Hmm. Like a lot of like, kind of like, uh, neo soul, like kind of new wave funk stuff. I mean, it's probably a little more on the like pop side, but I got a vibe for sure. Yeah, this song in particular just got me thinking, like, man. Steve Lacey and this would go crazy. <laughs> we'll go nuts. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Steve Lacey. I'd take Steve Lacey on anything. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, the, that's Honestly. true. Yeah, well, most things plus Steve Lacey, I'm like, okay, net plus. This is great. But yeah, yeah, yeah I thought for some reason th- it was calling to me here. But um, yeah, there are a lot of good projects, or sorry, there are a lot of good moments on here. And there's a, you know, a decent amount of variety in the way that it kind of leans back and forth from. Um, you know, we're, like you said, kind of, kind of um, funkier. You know, um, definitely more like rhythmic oriented versus, you know, other songs being kind of poppy and full of energy, um, and just colorful and fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think this provides a really, really nice balance um, in those two directions. Um, I definitely have a handful of people in mind that I would send them this album um, and tell mm-hmm. them to check it out. I always appreciate when an album comes to me and I'm like, damn, I know like this person, that person, this person would probably love this. I would love to recommend it to them. Um, and this is this is definitely one of those projects. So that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. But yeah, it's. I mean, did you guys get a chance to listen to this in full or or, or maybe not? Yeah, I won't cap. I didn't get to listen to this at all. I really wanted to, and I didn't get the chance. But honestly, any album with fucking mind design on it, I'm gonna listen to. <laughs> I, I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah. So like, so no, nah, like this, like, like just from hearing what you've been playing, like this sounds like something I probably enjoy anyway. And like pulling in, you know, like the internet and stuff, and just like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like you you set it up good. So I definitely mm-hmm. definitely want to <laughs> hear it. And um, I uh, um, um, I also Dev wanted to come to what you were saying about there not really being much of a rap presence in in like Japan and in places because there actually kind of like is a really big rap scene in Japan. Um, like a lot of like a lot of the eighty eight rising people come out of there. Yeah. Um, and like and like they honestly like they like like hip hop culture is huge in Japan. Like they have like a whole sub. They, they have like a whole like like they love the clothes they love the music it's actually kind of wild true. like just to see <laughs> that is that is how, very true yeah 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 like how large the influence is out there like i just bought a um i got it right here i don't i don't i don't, I don't know if either of y'all are familiar with the game jess at radio future but i literally just got this shirt in the mail 
just fucking sit on it. No, Jet Set Radio <laughs> feature that looks and, nice. And, and, and like that whole game is just about like, 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 like it's about like the skating and like b-boy culture in Japan. Mm-hmm. And like that game is from like 2000. That game is almost 20 years old. Jesus. But uh, um, yeah, I just yeah, I, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that real quick because there's a lot of really there's a lot of really dope Japanese rap artists. Like um, you brought up um, you brought up New Habis. Um, you got um, you got a uh, Shingo too, who used to work with him a lot. Mm-hmm. Who I actually got to see live, I think on my birthday, maybe like four or five years ago. Really, really, really dope shit. They got they got shit popping out there. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 a little different than it is over here. It is, but you know, like you know, like between like um, actually, hmm, uh, no, nah, never mind. Um, I was I was just trying to think of like specific people, but I don't want to mess up anybody's nationality because not everybody on 88 Rising is Japanese. They're from all over Asia, so I don't want to I don't want to generalize. But yeah, like there's a there's a healthy there's a pretty healthy. I forget what the name of the group is from 88 Rising. Uh, The Higher Brothers. The Higher Brothers, yeah, they're Korean, I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was actually watching a uh, a really short YouTube like kind of documentary might have been vice i don't know where what what publication it was but it was basically about like the um the like really delayed kind of uh basically it was like how hip-hop kind of you know became popularized in the u.s between like you know like the whole there was the b-boys that had to do with graffiti, with dancing, with, you know, I don't need to explain this to you guys. They, yeah, yeah, basically there was a really delayed kind of like, uh, imitate, I don't want to call it an imitation, but just kind of like it happened in Japan, but just a lot later, like it kind of took a while for it to kind of fully replicate in Japan. But like, I think it was like in the mid 2000s it like graffiti became like a way like street art graffiti became like a way more popularized um uh like form of expression artistic expression break dancing became really popular so yeah i mean i definitely the culture for sure is there i'm not super familiar with like actual like artists coming out of japan i probably should be more familiar and familiarize myself more with some of those artists but definitely the culture especially i mean like a lot of instagram fashion pages i follow and stuff like you totally see like that the the hip-hop culture is like thriving in japan right now but yeah and yeah and like and 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 like a real quick side note like biggie's birthday was yesterday and this uh um somebody tweeted out this instagram post from 2019 about uh there's a there's a very rare picture of biggie in a bait jacket and this was in like 95, 96. Like I hadn't right. seen this picture before yesterday. And there's a whole story about how the creator of Bait, like Biggie was at a photo shoot. Yeah, it, I mean, like, long story short, Biggie was at a photo shoot. The photographer had a Bait jacket. Biggie was like, hey, I like that jacket. I want to wear it. And like he couldn't, it, it was an XL and he couldn't fit it around himself because he was a very big man. And he just like put it, he like draped it over his shoulder. Um, and then he took the picture and then he was like, I like this jacket. Where'd it come from? And he told him, oh, it's Bait. So Big, Big's team, apparently, like, like Big had his team reach out to the creator of Bait to make him a whole bunch of custom pieces. 
because like they yeah. didn't make anything that was bigger than XL at the time. Yeah, yeah. bape so, sizes too are not pretty, true to American <laughs> sizes in XL. I'm like, I'm no, medium. they're not. <laughs> right, exactly. So like, so like, so like, Big had his team reach out to the bape people, and they and the creator whose name I keep on forgetting right now. I'm sorry, but um, he made a whole bunch of custom pieces, and they sent them over. Unfortunately, he didn't get them before he was killed. But mm. uh, I just thought that was a cool story, and you know, like Bape is like, like Japanese, still to this day, yeah. it's actually kind of crazy how lot, how like, how, like Bape has had a really incredible shelf life. Like Bape is mm-hmm. still like one of the more popular, like like kids still wear Bape. Like I remember when I was in high school, and like and like kids would be wearing the shorts with the fucking monster face on them, and like, like <laughs> full zip up, the full zip, yeah. like people. Exactly. People still wear those. Like, like, yeah. like now, like young kids. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm so happy to see that because I got like I, I love bait. Like anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, through I'm, I'm through getting the off topic, end but, of the '90s, yeah. like you said, into the early 2000s, and then the 2010s, and now even still till now. Yeah, you're right. Like bait has has been has been fresh. Has had different like eras. Bro. Yeah, and different representation in hip hop. Like different artists that we can associate with it, whether it be like from the clips lil wayne era to you know yep, moving forward yep, from yep. that and so um obviously like currency now is still like yeah, yeah posting yeah. vape on instagram every day <laughs> yeah currency currency put wayne on the vape and everything like that was yeah yeah, yeah he he saw the vision before a lot of people did i'm gonna put it yeah. that way yeah. <laughs> he saw I mean, the vision before a lot about, of people did you even think about like pharrell and how close does he work with nigo and like human made and all that like the culture there totally blends in like so many facets yeah yeah nigo there we go that's his name nigo there you go yeah Yeah, right 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 nigo nigo was making bait for biggie like they they, they're they're not new to this (laughs) so (laughs) um, yeah 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 but but i say all of that to say that you know just to kind of just to kind of remind everyone that like that that like japan and hip-hop have a really like strong and fruitful relationship that kind of branches out in a whole bunch of different directions so yeah this yeah. is true I, I still think there's more room for it to to keep growing too and and oh totally um in terms Absolutely. of you know like acts from i think asia in general that you know can become more viable to american audiences through the lens of hip-hop or through the vessel of hip-hop i think um i think uh, maybe that's what i'm saying is like maybe the most untapped at this time um that I'm hoping to see more in the future, just on a larger oh. scale, just just scale in general. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, so that is the episode right there. Makami, Young Nudie, Chai. I would say of any episode we, we've had, this might be like the best three albums we've covered. I was about to say, those uh, are three heavy hitters right there. Yeah, because... Um, wow. We have now. There has definitely been some great music to come out of this year, but I, I do feel like the first half of 2021 has been slow. It's been a, a bit of a grind, at least for like what we like to cover on this podcast that we think like we're really hit for the podcast. Um, I haven't had too many projects that really feel like a home run. Um, I feel like this week was full of them, so I'm I'm happy about that. But uh, yeah, I I guess I. I guess that's all I got. I guess that's all I got. Man, good episode. Thank y'all man. for having me. Thank yeah, Dylan, dude, me, it was real, you were a great guest. 
obviously like it's easy to interview interviewers because we we just talk it's just a i hope i wasn't talking too much but yeah like, thank y'all thank y'all for real like this was this was this this was a lot of fun i'm excited to listen to this shy album like i have it yeah. queued up i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm 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 probably throw it on my car in a few minutes but like yo like yeah like this is like y'all have something really cool here so thank you for having me and just i appreciate y'all listening to my shit like that means a lot so yeah, we really Thank appreciate you. like getting you on here. I've been wanting to to kind of speak with you in this way for a, a minute now, so it's it's cool to kind of um, you know, analyze music with you just like in color, just kind of in longer form conversation and um, you know, sure. just get where you really come from in terms of like talking about music, um, talking about journalism too. Everything that you said about, you know, music journalism and how your line of work works, um, I found really really fascinating as well. And so there are a lot of points of this conversation that I'm glad that we got to talk about. And uh, we'll look forward to probably having you back on at some point. Hey, man, just let me know. Just let me know. I'm, 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 I'm coming back for whatever. So just you, 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 you know, you know, you know where to find me. So exactly, just let me know. exactly. So uh, if you guys want to find Dylan on Instagram, uh, cinema side, am I saying that right? You are, yeah. I, I meant Send to ask. I meant it, to yeah. ask where that that where that nickname comes from. Um. Oh. Oh. That's another good story. Okay. So originally, I wrote. Um. I was writing film reviews, and I did it under the name Cinema Eye with Masai. Masai is my middle name. Okay. Um. Hmm. African tribe out of Kenya. It's the their name is spelled a little differently than mine is. It's actually closer to Masai, the, um, the artist. Her name is spelled like the tribe. With the two S's? Or actually, no, 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 no. Um, it's got the um, no two S's, but it's got the two I's, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I can't remember. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm being a bad representative. But <laughs> I started with Cinema Eye with Masai. And in college, one of my homies, uh, my boy Timon, who I haven't talked spoken to in years, but like he was like, I was doing those for the school paper. And he was like, you should just call yourself Cinema Sai. And I was like, yeah and that was it <laughs> that, that was that was it like it, it you just, gotta it have just... homies like that you gotta have friends right, like that that just they're problem solvers <laughs> yeah it, it, it just it just stuck and it's been that ever since for real like that was yeah he really he really hooked me up so shout out to timmy yeah it's a really good name um i i always appreciate seeing like what what uh what twitter handle your 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 um you know rolling in at a certain point like right now it's one punch in man um which is <laughs> yeah. which has been pretty fire i like that one um yeah so you know he's I, got names we got names we got you know we yeah but i almost i i, I almost changed it to double stiltskin yesterday i was gonna stiltskin, i might yeah, still yeah, yeah. we'll see that's yeah, good might. Yeah, that's but the, I, I can't even take credit for that my commie said it on pray for haiti yeah. like Near the middle, he called himself Dumple Stiltskin. Dumple so Stilskin, we'll see. Yeah. I oh yeah, another bar. Okay, wait, I remember yeah. that. That's a good bar. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I I can't take credit for that. I'm I I, w- I wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, we appreciate you coming on. This has been season five, episode thirty-three, episode eighty-four. Trent's lucky number, lifetimes two. Uh, he living both both his lives to the best best of his ability <laughs> and uh dylan green cinema si here um from audio mac from pitchfork from the real notes podcast which i hope you listen to 
Um, yeah, I'm gonna tap into that Akai solo yep. episode. Yeah, I'm I still sure need to fire. tap into that album. But Man, let um, me know. Let me know. That was that was that was a great convo. I'm gonna hit you up about that navy blue. I'm gonna hit you up about that navy blue because. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Real. Nah, nah. That's we're gonna real. make that happen. Like everyone's gotta hear this shit. It's good. Yeah. I, like it's maybe not quite as good as Song of Sage. At least I didn't like it as much as Song of Sage, but it's still really good. I have a it's very maybe, high bar set for Song of Sage. Like I, yeah, yeah very, it's tough very to high beat. bar. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, not. Man, I wasn't like, expecting it to like be the same. <laughs> but you know, I know he's, when it comes he's, to he's, him, he, you know, I know, I know, I can expect a certain something. <clears throat> He's batting a thousand, so it yeah, exactly. like it's it's it doesn't matter. Exactly, it's it's good no matter what. All right, let's close it up here, man. We almost three hours in. I appreciate you doing a longer episode with us too, and 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 sharing this oh, amount man, of time of with us. All right, that's it. Thank you. Peace. Peace, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, have a good rest of your day, bro. Yeah, you too. One. Yep. <laughs>